0: Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just...
1: Shut up and sit, up and sit down. down.
0: This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Ma. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and and Muff. Woo! Dun 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 dun! This is a great episode.
2: Oh, I'm so pumped for this episode. This is probably going to be my favorite episode of all episodes.
0: The episode of episodes. Maybe that's what we'll title it. We'll see. It might be. You might find you'll find out as you listen to the first 20 seconds of this week's episode. We are moving on up, ladies and gents. Um, take let's let's go for. A little hop into the time machine, Jim, into All the, right. the hot right. tub, the hot tub time machine, if you will. Okay. Um, let's think about where we've come on this endeavor. We started out with a thought many years ago from a previous radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, revisited it as a pandemic was going on in the world. Yep, starting in the world at that point. Really, now that we think about it, uh, we fast forward almost a year. The thought has grown into an idea. The idea has grown into reality, and the reality is creating dreams. It is a dream. And all within that time period, guess what? Pandemic's still happening. Um, It hasn't
2: gone away. It it has has not gone away. Nowhere.
0: If there's been one consistent thing, it's that we record on Sunday nights, the pandemic is still around, and we still find ways to make fun of each other. Yep. We have built a, a group of knowledgeable guests. We have. We have a loyal listener club. We do. We are almost to episode fifty.
2: I'm so excited for episode fifty too. But this—I don't. This one's pretty good. But what is episode fifty going to do? We'll see.
0: We'll have to find out. But look at us—we're still growing, looking to find new ways. We're even maybe going to venture into video content at some point. Shh, it's our secret. Remember, Shh. Don't, don't tell too many people. But get excited. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Are you really pumped? Oh, yeah. Because it's about getting to this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Three times.
2: Ram. What's on deck, Moff? Tell me the first thing. Tell me what its
0: Uh um, is. Un-de-trois, which plays into something later in this episode. This league, Jim, this league.
2: Never ceases to, to give us great content.
0: National basketball. Association.
2: Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna take this first one. Jeremy Lynn called coronavirus on the court in the G League, but he's not naming who said it, and he's not gonna shame anybody with it. Let me just go real quick, right off the rip. Jeremy Lynn, he's just saying it's not gonna do me any good to do it. So I'm not gonna reveal who called me the coronavirus. People, if you are calling the Asian-American or Asians or anybody the coronavirus or blaming a community for the coronavirus, you're a moron. Stop it. Jeremy Lin, I I understand what you're doing by not outing them. Good on you. But those people are morons. What's next, Buff?
0: Real question, is the NBA going to look into this?
2: I'm sure Adam Silver will do something.
0: Do something. Next for this league. (laughs) Wardrobe (laughs) malfunctions. (laughs) Wardrobe malfunctions not to the level of the Super Bowl halftime show, but a team had to change their uniforms at halftime because why, Jim?
2: Because they look too close to the other team.
0: (laughs) Because apparently we can't coordinate jersey colors and jersey Styles, without having a problem.
2: Now, to be fair, this is the first time this has happened in four thousand games since two thousand seventeen, and when they introduced the the alternate uniforms. Okay. That that's just to be fair, but this is a million, maybe bajillion dollar operation.
0: <laughs> you slide straight past billion, trillion. You get a bajillion.
2: Bajillion. We can't get the uniforms right? What are you guys doing?
0: What, what are you doing with your life? It, it, whole operations. And I, I don't know. Maybe this has some things to do with COVID. Maybe there's less people in each nope. organization's office to handle things. I don't know. Operations are different. There's not people as many people at games. No. Nope, not, nope. not even, not even going to mm-hmm. entertain that thought?
2: No. So here's the Hawks' War. The... I, the red icon jerseys, the thunder wore the orange statement, alternate jerseys. First off, these are the names for these jerseys. If you have names for these jerseys, I think we can coordinate a little better guys. I'm going to wear the icon jerseys. What are you wearing? We're going to wear the statement jerseys. What do they look like?
0: <laughs> like that's the conversation. And anyway. how do you, how do you not figure this out? Like in ups either. They
2: played a whole half.
1: Yeah.
2: A whole half. And then the NBA, and really what it was, was this is exactly how it happened. I'm trying not to belabor this point, but this is what happened. A bunch of 45 to 60 year old people started calling uh, TNT, going, Who's playing who? I can't tell. And it was like, All right, we got to do something. People are complaining. They're. HD TVs are messing people up because they look similar and they couldn't tell who was playing who.
0: That's your theory.
2: Yeah. And I could get into why, because I'm guaranteeing it wasn't just the color of the jerseys that was messing up the white folks at home.
0: Yeah, I said it. Jim, I have a feeling this had to do with the players on the court. No, I'll
2: tell you why, Muff. And I knew that you were going to do this. The coaches and the players said it wasn't that big a deal. It came down from up high that, hey, you guys need to change jerseys. And the visiting team, the Thunder, or the Hawks, didn't bring another jersey. They were like, we can't change. So the Thunder were like, all right, we're the home team. We'll change. So (laughs) they had to change. I guarantee, Muff, that it wasn't a loophole situation. It wasn't a screw-up. It was, hey, these jerseys are are making the eyes of our viewers upset. Change them. That's what happened. And it's a hot take. Come at me.
0: I would, but that's not for this time. Draymond Green continues to stay in this league conversation. Jim put this one in here, so I'm going to let you roll with this one.
2: So I caught a lot of flack from last week's situation with Draymond. Um, I said I didn't like Steve Kerr coming out at, at Draymond. People listened to the episode and they said, Jim, you're wrong. Draymond did me no favors. <laughs> Draymond apologizes to the team. Draymond basically says, I feel like a Jagaloon. Then he comes out against the team that he played against Um, and basically shows out as a... Apology for acting like a jaguar. So that's the last time I'm going to defend Draymond. Let me tell you what. Because I got my ass handed to me by my wife, by guest of the show this week, Wilk. I I was wrong, I guess. I wasn't wrong, but I was wrong. I have to hold myself accountable, according
0: to my wife. Okay, moving on (laughs) (laughs) to the Nets, Kyrie and Kevin Durant are now out of the lineups, at the very least, through the All-Star break, and I believe Kevin Durant has even come out and said he's probably not going to play for at least a week after the All-Star break ends. After? now, Yeah, I think I saw that he's probably not going to come out right after the All-Star break. Kyrie Irving is out as well. With
2: a um, shoulder issue,
0: knee, reaggravated a knee injury. Oh, okay, yeah, the shoulder. I mean, there, was really there may also, be, yeah, there may also be a shoulder as well. But he had a, a kind of like a nagging knee injury that he was playing through and it was reevaluated, and they said, Meh, you probably need to stick out for a little bit. Any
2: other, any other group of players who are sitting or hurt or have this much drama. This would be newsworthy. Like people would be like, "Well, are they going to make it the full, you know, the distance?" They seem to be having a lot of injuries. They seem to blah blah. blah. There'd be a lot of static over playing time. These two seem to be, seem to be getting passes, and I don't understand why.
0: <sighs> they're getting passes for the moment because the Nets are still winning, or at least they're still super competitive within their division. If they were not, if they were losing games, you'd hear a lot more about this right now.
2: Okay. All right. If you say so. I, did, I think that there's a weird aura around KD where we don't talk a lot of trash because I think the media is scared of him. Another hot take in basketball brought to you by Jim. I don't think they get on him enough. Like, if this was LeBron... People be bearing him for this kind of stuff,
0: for being hurt,
2: for sitting out through the break. They'd be questioning, like, is he really that hurt?
0: They would. I don't know. People aren't used to LeBron being hurt. That's the issue there. Durant, he gets hurt here and there. It is what it is. He's he's not. I mean, he is a very durable player, all said and done. But I mean, he's he's also in the past. How durable is he, Muff? He's until, been, until he has been out all of last year. okay until he had that I don't think he'd missed much time otherwise.
2: Okay. well we'll move on from this too. but whatever. I don't agree with you on this one. I'll catch hell
0: from somebody for that, but oh, well. Uh, up next in the last part of this league, oh. Timberwolves made a coaching change firing Ryan Saunders last Sunday and then very quickly, hiring on Monday Raptors assistant Chris Finch to a head coach role bypassing any any interim coach status for any person on, on that team or from elsewhere. A lot of, as you would expect, discussion happened because there were assistants on the bench with the Timberwolves Could have filled in at least, at the very least, in an interim way through the season. The name that came up most often was David Vanterpool, one of the team's top assistants who just happens to also be black and Chris Finch is white. Wasn't even apparently, I mean, if you've got somebody hired on Monday, you had this set up. You know, you've had, you've been talking about this, like Chris Ryan Saunders was gonna get chopped from this position you know they've been thinking about it for at least a week i would have mm-hmm. to imagine um and apparently they had some some backdoor dealings with chris finch and this was all set up so fired here you go chris finch you're the one um this is very you know coming out to be very similar to well not sim- similar to eric b at this point um uh, you've got somebody sitting right there not that andy Reid's the one leaving but a top assistant for a team, been in the league for a while, has a resume, not even considered for a job within the own organization. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you get
2: through this. So You're what? I'm going to let you get through this before I put my two cents in.
0: So the National Basketball Coaches Association released a statement, a lot of words, just saying we know organizations can do what they want, we saw that there were more transparent processes last off season and we were okay with this. The last piece, last sentence of the statement is what's really going to see what happens into the future and how much they are going to push the league um, to work towards more diversity in the head coach and front office positions. And I quote, The NBCA has been working closely with the league office on a wide range of initiatives that will improve future coaching searches in partnership with the NBA. We look forward to sharing details in the weeks to come. Hmm. What are we going to see? Apparently this has been a conversation and they're ready to release something about what's going to be going on. I am very interested as what will be going on in this case and how they're going to, shift these processes and um, you know, make them more equitable, diverse and inclusive
2: In one of this country's most woke sports um, associations this firing and hiring was a slap in the face of all the progress that they had made I'm not saying it set them back but it was a slap in the face. Now, I also find it odd that some of the most outspoken leaders, as far as players go, didn't have much to say about it.
0: I think that's weird. Is it weird or is it telling? And that's what I don't know. I, like, I think... Because Jason, Jason Kidd, you heard Kyrie Irving speak out, on, speak out against, not against, but... Saying, uh, well, Jason Kidd's in here. What? Is, why is he here compared to other people that could have been in this role with the Nets? But you haven't really heard much about that since.
2: But I want to be careful. Yeah, I don't want to say. I don't want to say telling. I want to say weird because is it that they just realized it is what it is and they've given up? I want to think they don't give up. Is it they know more about the situation than us, John Q. Public? Right. Um. I don't know, but I'm more interested to see where Kyrie lands, LeBron, KD, guys who have come out and said the hiring process for coaches needs to change. I want to see where they land. This was done quick. Um, This was done this week. I think they're waiting to see what the NBA and the coaches association does before they make their stance. I think they knew what was up. I think that the league and the coach association um, said, listen, guys, before you come out there and cut our heads off, we have something in the works. Just hold on. Um, So I, too, am am waiting with bated breath to see what they're going to do. I hope it's not an NFL thing where it's like, you get a draft pick if you do this, because that would not be okay. But this was not a good look for the Timberwolves at all.
0: I, it wasn't a good look for the league. I mean, the Timberwolves, yes, is an organization, but the league itself, I mean, in the NBA, in the coach association is like, yeah, they can do what they can do. We're working on stuff. Stay tuned. Like, it, it seems like a pretty, I mean, but on the flip side, response. what can
2: the league do? Like, they can't dictate who the coach is. You know what I mean? Like, that, that is the catch 22 of all this. Like, mm-hmm. the, the team can do whatever they want to do. Otherwise, the, the league's putting in coaches for all of them,
0: right? Which is obviously that's never going to happen.
2: Like, you can't police morality and decency, and, and as much as we wish we could.
0: Indeed. Up next on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five,
2: morality and decency wins.
0: Hey. So the
2: Atlanta Dream, we've talked about them before. Um, sold to new ownership former atlanta dream guard renee montgomery is now part owner in the team alongside real estate investor larry gotten's deaner
1: sure no
0: idea
2: he is the majority owner and susan abar president of the northland investment corp montgomery becomes the first former player to own to be both owner and executive in the in the WNBA if you don't know the story about the Atlanta dream, I'm not going to rehash it for you. We've done a lot of background (laughs) on this. You're just not a loyal listener. Um, but essentially the Atlanta dream is a story that everybody needs to learn about. Um, Renee Montgomery is also a story you need to learn about. And we're going to keep this fast five and say, go do your homework, put the Atlanta dream in the googly search and Renee Montgomery in the googly search and do a little, uh, Education of yourself, but congrats to her. And about damn time, new ownership took over of the Atlanta Dream is what I'm going to say. Good stuff.
0: Uh, up next on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five, Bam. NCAA football video game update.
2: People would think this is a setback. People would think that this is this is not good stuff. But. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Northwestern has joined Notre Dame in opting out of the new game. For now. Right. They've, they've opted out for now. Both are saying that they want to be sure that if they are included in the game, that student athletes can benefit in some way financially from their name, image, or likeness being used. Um, EA Sports has said if name image, image likeness legislation passes that they will reassess and address how the game will be factored into potential player compensation. That's yep. good. That's yep. good. We obviously we've talked about this game. This game is is a year or so out. So I mean it's not like this is going to happen. And I have a feeling that one of the reasons that they're waiting to release it is because they wanna see the name image likeness legislation, how this works through, Mm -hmm. Um, because that is a huge deal to using this game because let's be real, if you can't play with the players that you think are actually on the field or download or pay for an add-on to the game, how many people are really gonna be super interested in playing it or at least as interested? So
2: this is really a chess move by both Notre Dame and Northwestern. For those of you that need to know the history, Northwestern and Northwestern players were the ones who kind of put EA sports in check. And I don't want to say they're responsible for killing the game, but essentially they sued and kind of made EA draw back the curtain for the fact that players weren't getting paid. Notre Dame is joining their brethren because they're in the same state or close to the same state, Midwest. Um, as far as let's get our players play it, paid. EA is going, we'll pay them once it, this is
0: settled. Once we have to. That's what the EA is saying. We'll pay yeah. them. What we ha- Somebody's got to tell us we have to do it or why would we? Which, I mean, let's be real. Why would EA do it just out of the goodness of their heart? I don't think they'll
2: be the last two schools to do this. I think that all this pressure is going to be pushed down to the NCAA and it's going to be one of those shit or get off the pot. Either you write the rules, you clarify them. Let's get these players paid or things won't move. And then like we've talked about, we may see the super conference, mega conference things are going to get split up and The NCAA, as far as football goes, as we know it, will change, and we're resistant to change right now. And this is just another piece of hay in the haystack on the camel's back. Though I mean, how many how many analogies trying to break what the old guard?
0: Yeah, King's Rook has moved to Queen's Pawn five.
2: Yeah. So
1: we'll
2: see. I'm not mad about it. I do think we'll get a game, but I I also like the fact we're trying to break the NCAA. Yeah.
0: And next on this week's fast, five, fast, five, fast five. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger. At this point, if you haven't seen this, then what are you even listening for? Why are you listening to a sports (laughs) podcast? The Tigers involved in a single vehicle accident last Tuesday, Um, multiple rollovers, uh, sustaining a shattered right leg, Um, inserted a rod into his leg and there are screws in his foot and ankle. So he went through, you know, a pretty um, substantial surgery at that point to to get things put back together. Um, This was one of those like, you saw it on the news, you heard about it, and it, you were hearing about it often because of who Tiger Woods is and his um, his importance to not just golf, but the sport sport, sport world entirely. Um, you know, kind of one of those surreal moments um, that you're like, well, he's an athlete, so why are we making this big deal about it? You know, some people may say that, like, why do I, I don't want to hear about this every 10 minutes, but to some people, this is a huge deal. Um, the scene itself self it was one of those things where you're like somebody definitely could have died in this like okay yeah i'm gonna,
2: I'm gonna pause you there
0: yeah the scene
2: i watched all, all that coverage when i came home mm-hmm. i just wanted to take you through one of the cnn or maybe espn one of the ends mm-hmm. the guy who was at the wreck and after they obviously took tiger to the hospital <laughs> he describes the carnage and he's walking, walking you through it. He goes, Tiger Woods started here. And he's like on the road. Yeah. And he goes, and the car roll hit the median here. And he walks over to the median and rolled here. And it like, takes you off the road and you see like a bunch of brush cleared.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he goes, and it looks like he rolled there and he walks another, like maybe 10 yards. And then it looks like he rolled there And he walks you another like 30 yards and it looks like he rolled there. And then you see like a tree bent in half. Yeah. And then he walks another like 20 yards. Tiger looked like he rolled the distance of a football field a hundred times. And by the time you got done, like it looked like a dinosaur ran through the woods, just wrecking everything. Yeah. And they're like, and he's got a broken leg.
0: And at the end of it, you're going, what? (laughs) that's it like that's really because it just the scene set up it set itself up to yes there were uh, how many other things that could have happened you know traffic you know being collision with another car um hitting any number of other trees or other impediments along the path of the path of the rollover like a a tree could have just as easily yeah yeah something like that so i mean the the is lucky that that is all that happened yeah um i I think it was initially reported it's i i found this one of those details that i was like i don't really care about this part initially it was like the jaws of life were used but apparently it wasn't the jaws of life it was like this other thing that they had at the responding parties they called it something else and i was like i don't need to know that the man had to be extricated from the vehicle that's all i care about like it wasn't like a simple like he walked out
2: practically a can opener. Right. Like yeah, I was and like If I... you look at the whole scene, we're lucky that's all they like they didn't scrape him out of the goo like for yeah. primor- more like it was bad. Mm-hmm. So, I don't care what you call it. They got him out yeah. with a broken leg. And they said he was awake and talking.
0: Right. Yeah, it was one of those like okay, but is, is he really like a superhuman being at this point? Like I've yeah. thought about this. I'm like, it's Tiger. like He's he's definitely got somebody looking out for him. Uh, he's already said he wants to get back on the, back on the golf course. Um, obviously, I think we all understand there's a realistic oh, yeah. timeline to this. Um, I'm guessing that I'm no doctor or a guru of therapy, Broken ankles. Uh, broken ankles or shattered legs. Right. Uh, I'm guessing it's at least 6 to 12 months before he can probably – even attempt to, to like recreate his swing and it's close to normal. And I'm saying, I'm thinking it's probably 18 to 24 months away before he can even attempt to compete like at, at a high level. Yeah. That's my thought. I mean, again, I'm no doctor. Um, it, the thing that's got me thinking here, is this really make him consider like, eh, if I'm going to keep playing competitively is the senior tour, what I should be waiting for, or do I still want to run around with the young guys?
2: I, I think he, at this point, after that car wreck, I don't think he gives a shit what he does. Oh, I don't think he's just like,
0: I'm the greatest guy around. Look at me. I'm Tiger Woods. Right. <laughs> you see that? I did not die in that. Thank you.
2: <laughs> I just want to be clear, like, as we know, because our next thing up in the Fast Five is NASCAR, but I'm going to relate the two. The Dale Earnhardt wreck, mm-hmm. he turned right into a wall and didn't have the proper harness and... The whiplash is what killed him, like the jarring of his brain. Tiger Woods did a barrel roll, probably like, I don't know, I'll give him six times, careening into at least two trees from what I saw, and had a broken ankle. Yep. Now, I'm, he probably wasn't going the 190 right. that Dale was going, but like, I'm pretty sure. There was all kinds of objects that could have just destroyed Tiger Woods. It's weird how that works, right?
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, I mean, I think at this point, I mean, the the Dale Earnhardt wreck is, was kind of like, I'm not going to say a freak accident, but it was definitely like it had to happen the way it did. Yeah. Because how many other times do people go into a wall and it's not? Yep. As and I understand there's been more safety precautions, absolutely and more development since then. But how many people have gone into wall before that happened? You know, countless people, yeah. Um, so but I
2: mean, it was just he hit it, and there were like eight that year that hit it just like he did, mm-hmm. but like he hit it at that same exact angle. Mm-hmm. Regardless, Tiger Woods, I you you tempted fate, and good on you. My next point I want to make whatever car company. That he rolled, you need to get a sponsor on Tiger Woods as fast as you can.
0: He's already sponsored by like Cadillac.
2: I'm not sure that was a Cadillac though.
0: Maybe it was a Lexus.
2: I don't know, but you need to be like, they should have had coverage rolling on that all day that day.
0: Yeah. We're the car that
2: saved Tiger Woods' ass.
0: Yeah. He's, he's, Tiger's used up at least two of his nine lives. Um, Something that was cool today um, is that at the workday charity open, um, Uh, multiple players, um, golfers wore red or like even Justin Thomas wore like it was like a a lighter red that was a mimic of a a shirt that Tiger wore before. But there were a lot of players that were wearing the traditional red, maybe were red and black. Tony Finau had like the very traditional Sunday Tiger red get up um and there were other players that you know paying homage by you know having like his their initials on hit their hats his initials on their hats or something like that so that was pretty cool to see the golf community kind of um rally around tiger in this case so that was pretty cool yeah and last on this week's fast five fast five fast five
2: NASCAR becomes the new this league
0: Oh, whoa! It's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty intense statement to make. I'll, I'll, we'll see. We'll let it play out.
2: Okay, let me, let me rephrase. NASCAR is trying to become <laughs> the new this league, they're and that, they really they're are that
0: league for now. They're, that, they're league. that league.
2: Okay. Um, first off, Chip Ganassi is a car owner, and he was suspended one race and fined thirty k for having a guest in the pits at Daytona. The new COVID rules say they just now allowed owners in the pits, and that was all they were allowed. They couldn't even have their family in the infield. Like that's how strict the COVID rules were. Um, we've talked about how they were, you know, Johnny on the spot, first people to have, you know, back at back at it when COVID started. Um, and they they're not messing around. Chip Ganassi brought a guest to the pits, and he got suspended and fined. But that's not the drama of NASCAR. Here's the drama. Former driver turned analyst, um, Kyle Petty, of the Petty family. Right. Also, the Petty family was Bubba Wallace's um, owner last year. Mm -hmm. Kyle Petty gets on a show and basically calls out former champion, Denny Hamlin and says, um, if I'm a veteran driver in the Gibbs organization, which is Hamlin's organization, I'm looking over my shoulder in the rearview mirror because I'm watching my replacement out there win races. Now, two young drivers had just won two races that Hamlin did not win in the side of Hamlin's organization.
0: First off, I I need to call attention to the fact that Hamlin would indeed not be looking in his rearview mirror for these drivers.
2: Yeah, it was dumb.
0: Okay. I just wanted to point that out that this makes no sense, but carry on.
2: Yeah. Now, Hamlin, instead of just letting Petty run his jibs, says, I'm not sure who I can equate it to in another sport, but essentially someone else at the top of their game and, in a, and another analyst is like, oh, that guy scored 30 off the bench. He's coming for your starting position. Okay, so essentially Hamlin's saying, why is this a thing just because a rookie got won a race? He then goes on to say, I can understand this coming from fans um, that, that aren't privy to the information that analysts and the media are.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So my thing was just like, have you watched one race in the last two years? Have you seen any articles about re-signing? It just dumbfounds me, because Hamlin just resigned a contract extension. Nobody's coming for his job. Like it essentially petty's stern shit. Brad Keselowski, who works for a whole other organization, another driver says, "This is all crazy. Basically, are you younger and we can pay you less? Do you have any followers on social media? Yes, we like you. There are tons of great drivers, but this hype train is insane." He's essentially saying everybody's all about these young guys and it's stupid. Yeah. A fan gets at Hamlin and is like, hey, we love you. Don't worry about this. He's like, obviously, since I'm at the end of my care, at the end of my career, why should I even care about all this? It should be noted that Denny Hamlin and Petty, before Petty retired, got into a scuffle on the track. I don't understand why Kyle Petty ran his mouth. I also don't understand why Denny Hamlin cares. It's really stupid why they're wasting time on Twitter.
0: But But because they're trying to be like the hip young drivers, Jim, who use Twitter, Exactly. except except they're using Twitter to argue with each other, not reach a fan base.
2: (laughs) So essentially, what's been going on? So I was like, "Uh, I'm going to put this in the Fast Five. We'll talk about it. I'm going to try to make a joke about how they the, you know, this league try to ruffle muffs, Jimmy's, you know, he talks about golf and we'll make it a thing. I watched today's race thinking hey, it won't still be going on. Right. Hamlin was running fourth. Most of the day. Sure as shit. They were like beating down the fact that he's running fourth. Like, why isn't he up higher? I don't understand why they have it out for this guy. And I think it's NASCAR's way of like, Hamlin's the guy. He's got Jordan backing him. He's in, he's in cahoots with Jordan on -hmm. his own team. We're going to make this a storyline because we got new eyes on the Mm -hmm. product. We're going to make this a thing. I think this is by design.
0: They're just I, gonna I, keep bringing him up until they, until he either gets put out to pasture or they, they or just ride the story in the ground. Yeah.
2: yeah, they're gonna make this a thing. They're gonna make his name a big deal, and then like if Bubba Wallace wins a race, they can tie that in. Like so, it's this ongoing storyline. Basically, to use my father's words, it's WWE on wheels.
0: So are we saying that I should start watching NASCAR now too? Like I'm supposed to watch AEW.
2: And that's our fast five, ladies and gentlemen. Bam. All right. So we got a new segment um, with a new
0: guru. New little, guru alert, new guru alert, new guru alert.
2: A little background about how we got here first. Um, of course, everything leads back to our boy, Scott, um, we put out a thing saying, what sports do you want to hear about? Scott, being Scott, just ran off of the mouth because he is the guru of talking shit. And he threw everything but the kitchen sink at us. Um,
0: yeah, I think, he threw. Yeah. There was cockfighting. There was badminton. Um, badminton. He just started talking. Even what, uh, Quidditch. He, threw everything, Quidditch,
2: he threw everything at
0: us. In addition to more traditional sports, including what we're going to talk about tonight and he threw out field hockey
2: um and then a person our new guru said yes field hockey and i said are you a guru thinking there's no way this person could be a guru and she said why yes i am and threw out some major uh accomplishments and i was like well i done goofed it looks like we're gonna have to have her on the show because she is in fact a guru and then some
0: but did you really goof
2: uh, well no because now i got a great guest yeah it was a win for me but i definitely was like i put my foot in my mouth so some of the accomplishments um she helped bring go ahead buff
0: i was gonna say we, we did Introduce this person by name. I want to do the accomplishments first. Ah.
2: Hold on. Cardi B just popped in my headphones. Hold on. So some of the accomplishments, um, helped bring Southern New Hampshire university to their first playoff appearance in 2019 was a part of the Mac freedom coaching staff of the year in 2018 check us field hockey level one coaching certification check. U S field hockey, high performance select 2015, American East field hockey championship runner up 2013. Check, check. Futures level one select 2013. Participated in the futures championship 2012, 2013, New Hampshire first team, all state select 2013.
0: Seeing a trend here, a little bit of a pattern right pattern of excellence, right?
2: Union leader player of the year 2013. Um, other fun facts with, that she included, which I really appreciate. She's currently a long term substitute gym teacher. She has a bachelor's in communications with a minor in French. She has Ooh, a master's too. I know, which I, I wanted to say Muff has that too. Yeah. Uh, a bachelor's in communications. She has a master's in education and teaching English to and speaking of of other languages, and she has twelve concussions and may have CTE. I'm
0: going to get. The, why do you end with that? Why just
2: put it in there? This? She put it in there. So I'm going to bring that up to our question. Okay. Avril Erdody. Did I get that name right?
3: Yes. Close. Yes. More E, less Air. erdoti okay. Erdody. 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 Better. I think that sounds cooler, anyways. I, I got I got the
2: first name right, which is what I was nervous about.
3: Uh, hey, that's ten out of ten on the first name. So we're Perfect. riding. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the show. I'm excited to be here. This is super fun. I'm really glad that I just happened to have a weird connection and happened to respond to Scott's Twitter.
2: Any connection to Scott is weird. So um, it's cool. Well,
3: I think you guys would enjoy this story. Um, only reason why I know Scott is because I worked as an intern at a summer baseball team and he was the mascot.
2: He's our mascot.
3: He was Jax. He was the big, he was the guy in the suit. So he was probably <laughs> the funniest person. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've been following him on Twitter since then, but <laughs> weird, weird way to meet someone. But yeah, he was the mascot. It took me about, three weeks to I really see his face but
2: he was so he, cool he stayed in character that long
3: yeah it took us i think it took a little while but i was also separate areas of the park so it made sense
2: i mean it sounds like him
3: yeah he was a good i mean he was good he's tall he fit the he fit the costume really really yeah. well so so you are a
2: guru of field hockey
3: i guess so you can consider me that i'll well, i'll that title
2: your resume says you're a guru in our book.
0: Yeah, Thank you. very much so. Maybe more so than any other guru we had previously.
2: <laughs> we need to know, how did you get into field hockey?
3: Um, so I actually got into field hockey because I failed at a different sport, per se. So in fifth grade, I tried out for the volleyball team and I got cut. And that day I was waiting in my dad's classroom and the field hockey coach came in and just asked, they needed a manager. I didn't know what I was signing up for. I just said, I'll do it because I was just wanting to do something. And I, ever since then, I kind of started playing field hockey. That year, I did a little bit on the field, kind of learning different positions. And then after that, I started goalkeeping and I became a goalie from there. And that's what I went on to play in college. Um, So from fifth grade on till my junior year of college, I played. And then I coached two years after that collegiately, but have done a bunch of little, Camps and high school, like clinics and stuff. So, been pretty involved, which has been fun.
2: My next question is where is that sport popular?
3: So, definitely in the United States, it's not popular <laughs> everywhere. It's really popular on the East Coast. So, New England, most towns have it um, really, really big in like the NEPA, like New England, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Delaware, New Jersey. That's where like a lot of the really good players come out of in uh, the United States, but otherwise it's huge in Europe. So like, it's a big um, European sport. It's actually the second most popular team sport in the world. So it's just not popular here.
2: (laughs) That's kind of what, like when I was researching, that's Mm -hmm. kind of the vibe I got was like, Americans are just behind on this.
3: Yeah, it's definitely not popular in America, but if you go anywhere else, I, when I studied abroad my senior year, I would go around to Germany, there'd be people pulling their field hockey bags onto the trains and just going to practice. Um, it's a huge thing over there. They have big tournaments and it's more of a, uh, social event too, kind of like how there's softball clubs and teams and activities, but, um, definitely Midwest, not a big, not a big thing, um. Not in like Colorado or anything. There's a little bit in California. It's starting to grow in Texas a bit, but not big. Once you kind of hit like Pennsylvania, it kind of starts to fizzle out.
0: Yeah, I was same thing. I was doing some looking. And aside from the, the European popularity, I was thinking like in the United States, it has like the growing pattern of like lacrosse was like kind of how I was thinking about it.
3: Very. <clears throat> That's kind of how I best compare it is to lacrosse. Like, it's definitely not, like, ice hockey at all. People usually ask me, oh, it's, like, ice hockey but on grass. And I say it's nothing like ice hockey. The rules are very different. Um, But lacrosse is a better comparison, both in popularity and kind of rules and style of play. So that's a really good comparison is lacrosse.
2: So you've mentioned the rules. Kind of explain to us what field hockey is. I know that's a lot. I mean, we could... (laughs) I understand. But can you give us a brief synopsis of what field hockey is?
3: Okay. So we can even start. I took a few notes on like kind of like the history of like what it is. And I learned a few things doing this that I wasn't really aware of, but apparently the first um, cases like you can see of field hockey date back to almost 4,000 years ago, they found cave drawings and like Egyptian tombs of people playing with the, with the hooked stick in the ball, Um, And then in the 16th century, there's a similar game in China, but it really didn't start getting big until like the 1800s in England and Nova Scotia. And at that point it was a men's sport only. (laughs) It was too dangerous for women to play. So that's another thing that I think is really weird in the United States that it's more of a feminized sport. Um, There's only one guy I've ever played against and he was probably one of the best field hockey players I've ever seen in my life. He was filthy like if you watch ever had the time to watch men's field hockey highlights they they will blow your doors off they're phenomenal um so the like after that it didn't get into the olympics until 1908 and it's funny that england great britain actually won all the medals that year (laughs) because they had they had four countries going there um, so England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales all won all the medals that year. Huh. Women's field hockey was not introduced into the Olympics until 1980, though. So it's like almost an 80-year difference. So it's, that's a weird thing that I had no idea um, was such a big separation of when the men started competing and when the women did. And then another really little-known fact um, for people – is that India and Pakistan were really, really good. And um, from 1928 and 1956, they won the gold medal every year. So there's a really big culture and in the India and Pakistan. And um, they've had a lot of tactics and playing styles that have developed from in there, but the games developed a lot since then. And there's so many rules. And that's what I'm saying is a lot to unpack, but, Basically, what you have is um, 11 players on the field. So you'll have a goalie. Then most players, most teams will have three defenders, four people in the midfield, and then three forwards. So, kind of like that lacrosse setup where you have your lines. Um, but in lacrosse, where you're kind of cemented and you can't um, go across the lines, field hockey is more fluid.
1: That's so what I was you-
2: wondering.
3: Yeah, you can cross over. There's no such thing as offsides in field hockey. Um, so if you have the ball as a, your center defender, you could take the ball all the way up and you can score. And that's not an issue. So there's no such thing as offsides in this sport, which is a big positive, I think. And I really like that um, aspect of the game because it makes it really fluid. Yeah. And because there's so many whistles and rules otherwise that if you had offsides, it would be almost impossible to play. Um, is there any questions so far?
2: <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> that was
0: a big thing. Yeah. Uh, the...
2: We were like, is there offsides? Like, and I think that differentiates it from hockey too, is that there's sides. So, and, and whereas field hockey, there's not, um, do you have to keep your stick and, and be bent over the entire time? Muff and I were debating this.
3: No, you do not. You do not have to be like bent over. You can run. There's a lot of drills where we would have to kind of, the field players would have to run and work on, how you transition from being low and then picking up your stick and running separately. No, that would be very hard. And there's yeah. a question that you'd hurt, break your back playing field hockey because you're bent over, but we were trained to use your legs more. So it's more like a squat position than with your back. Um, but yeah, with ice hockey, I know you're more kind of in that squat position when you're on the ice, but field hockey, you're not bent down as much.
2: Okay. That was be. Yeah. Yeah, got that great. covered. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's really what, hard to play.
0: <laughs> yeah, what um, what's the typical um equipment that is used, like safety equipment, as well as the typical um jersey? Like, what's, what 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 are you wearing? What all do you have?
3: So, for it, it really is separate. So, we'll start with the field players because it's way less than what I would wear. Field players, you'd have to have shin pads, um, mouth guard. In high school, you used to have to wear like lacrosse goggles. So like, you know what the, and I had to in high school about how that should have been not like, you shouldn't be wearing goggles because it was unsafe and it caused a lot of um, blind spots and people were getting in accidents and running into each other. So recently there's been a rule changed and now you don't wear goggles in high school. Once you get to college, goggles are not a thing either. So you just need a mouth guard, you need your stick and you need chin pads for field players. And then the uh, uniforms uh, are jerseys and then kilts or skirt and then spandex underneath. Uh, the hairstyle's kind of big in field hockey, if that makes sense. I know each sport kind of has their own, I'm gonna say a kind of swag or their own thing and um, braids are kind of big or ponytails with multiple different, Holders on the way down. I don't know. We'd always braid each other's hair before game day, so that was kind of the thing. Um, but then you'd have the goalies, which would be me, and we have so much stuff, <laughs> So much. Um, I'd wear a female cup, and then I'd wear like a uh, a girdle, which is kind of like the hockey pants, and then I'd have boots, so foam boots, and then leg guards, which are similar to like the ice hockey leg guards, but made out of foam then I have a chest protector, I'd have shoulders, and then I'd wear um, just a pair of big uh, basketball shorts over my pants, a jersey over my chest, and then I'd have two big foam gloves, a neck guard, and a helmet. So I'd be like fully suited up, and I'd have a stick.
0: Dang. This, because, like, what you're describing to me sounds like a major league lacrosse goalie, like because it's like you're pretty well, much entirely padded up.
3: Yeah. So I would wear more than the lacrosse players. Yeah. And it's, fun. it was yeah. preseason was fun.
2: No, I um, couldn't imagine.
3: But it was, and they'd always still find spots. Uh, I'd go see doctors sometimes and I'd have all these bruises on my legs and they're always wondering like, are you cool? Is everything like safe? Uh, I stopped playing like, yeah, we're fine. I'm just a goalie. Like I just rather it hit me than go on the goal. Um, but that's really it. Uh, it's kind of an expensive sport to play just because the stick is always kind of more expensive. So I feel like a lot of people kind of go towards soccer since it's soccer is a cheaper sport, but it's a lot of fun. And I think it's growing because they're trying to make it more affordable with the sticks and then the shin pads, um, which is really nice. I like to see that. And they're really um, a lot of programs out there are trying to grow the sport in more uh, like this, uh, areas that might not have enough money or maybe more inner city areas that don't have the opportunity. So it's really cool for a sport that's not as easily accessible because it might be a little expensive sometimes. How expensive is a stick? Um, so me, I go to play it against sports sometimes and I'll look and you can get a decent stick there for like 30 or $40, okay. but the sticks that I'll find there, you can get like a four hundred dollar stick for like thirty dollars. I just got one the other day that we use in college for like four hundred, five hundred dollars, and I got it for thirty bucks.
2: So you're talking top of the line stick if you bought new is four hundred dollars?
3: Yeah, for like sometimes you ah. that my goal whole goalie set was over a grand. And, Holy and hell division one, each new, each new player, they'd get you a full new set. So the universities that I went to got me a full set of gear each time, each place I went, they got me full new sets. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. Like when you have it be funded, like what we get compared to division one being fully funded versus a division three school and not having the funding and like having to pay more for your own stick and your own, um, your own, uh, gear and everything compared to having it given to you.
2: The stick. Why Mm -hmm. is it so short? Like, could it be a little longer? Like, some
3: prefer. So some people, especially if you're playing defense, kind of like in lacrosse, how the defenders like the, uh, longer stick. Sometimes in field hockey, I know girls who would pick a stick a few inches longer because it would extend their reach. But, um, That's actually a really good question. It's, it's more for the hitting. It's a better way to hit. Um, I know in hockey you have the long slap shot, but the way your hands move when you're hitting field hockey is different. You keep your hands together. So that's why it's shorter just for the aerodynamic. Um, when you swing through, because if you were to move your hands apart, it wouldn't work as well.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. I think it's just probably something to do with the grass um, versus the ice too. Um,
0: yeah, that but, makes sense. What's the size of the the playing field?
3: It's a, I know, a hundred long, and I think yeah. I always forget the width. I want to say sixty meters wide. I'm not sure. I I meant to look that one up. How no. wide?
0: Oh, you're good. No, it's it's so it's it's about the size of a football field.
2: Yeah, you just could literally make it up, and we'd be okay yeah.
3: with it. Even sent it, but. And I've run them so many times I should know the dimensions. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, and there's also a lot of different styles of field. So they, um, you could play on grass. You could play an astroturf, which is more of a football-based turf. And then there is um, astro, which is like carpet almost, and you would water it. So my fields got watered every day before practice. Um, and that was to make the ball move faster as well as injury prevention. Cause if you didn't water it, you'd get stuck. And we had our women's lacrosse team playing on it in the spring. And we had like three or four girls on the lacrosse team blow out their ACLs Ooh. because it wouldn't water the turf, which is tough. And I just think that just made me hurt. Cause yeah. It's a thing yeah, it's really hard. And so you have to make sure those are watered, but there's three different playing surfaces and the game's totally different on each surface. So that's a whole nother level. And if you're playing at the division two or three, you might have three games in a row on three different surfaces.
2: Can you describe the ball for us and like what it compares to?
3: Okay. I'm trying to think. So it's um, a little bit bigger than the lacrosse ball and it's about it's not totally it's hollow in the middle. There's like a little bit hollow, but it's about that thick, it's probably about two inches thick. And if you get hit with it, it hurts. Like you get drilled, it's gonna leave a mark. Um, so it's a pretty sturdy ball. It doesn't give, it's not um, rubberized. It's more of a hard plastic. Okay. Um, so I'd compare it if I like a baseball sized and if the cork wasn't there, you know what I mean? Like the oh, yeah. inner cork was gone cause there's an empty space in the middle of a field hockey ball. So if the whole outside was still there, but the cork was gone, maybe would be a good comparison.
2: How fast does that thing come at a goalie? Like how fast is that thing coming at you?
3: So if you're on AstroTurf where the ball can move at its fastest, and there's a girl I played with my freshman year. She was from Holland and she was probably by far, her and this girl from Germany who went on to be um, female player of the year the year after i played with her um they could probably get it to like 70 miles an hour they could shoot like real fast real fast there's girls i would just i was i was um that was when i was with albany and they were 14th in the country so i would just stand there and hope i didn't get hit I wasn't right yeah. they were really good <laughs> um Oof. but usually for uh, 40 they can hit it decently but on astroturf it gets really fast um And it's just that, like I said, then you go to a field turf and it kind of slows down a little bit because it's not as quick.
2: So I saw a thing about indoor field hockey.
3: Yes, that's a whole different thing too because you play with less people and then the rules are different with indoor. Is it still field hockey? Yes. Okay. Still field hockey. Um, But the rules are different. You really can't lift the ball in the air at all. And you can't. You have to keep it totally on the ground, and you play with less people. So I think now they play five total. So you have one goalie and then four players on the f- court. And they just had their big indoor tournament, which was taking place actually in they do it in Lancaster, Pennsylvania now, at their big USA Field Hockey facility. Um, so they just had that big national tournament for indoor but they use boards too, which is really cool. So it's kind of more like a hockey setup and you can use the boards to get angles and you can pass off the board a little bit, use it as an extra uh, defender to make blocks. So it changes up the style of game a little bit more, makes it a little bit faster.
0: So the U S field hockey facility is in Lancaster PA.
3: Yeah, it is. And it's (laughs) huge. There's two, I think there's two outdoor facilities. And there's a bunch of indoor facilities now too. It used to be down in uh Virginia Beach and now it's in Lancaster.
2: I see your wheel spinning muff. You wanna make a road trip? We could to Lan- we could do to,
0: to Lancaster? We've been um, there.
2: We've done that.
0: We've made road trips. I mean obviously we want to plan this around the event. We yeah, we should to show go up randomly. To the next championship.
3: <laughs> and sometimes they have exp- um, expedition games that so they have the other um, they have like the USA women's team play other countries will have other teams come fly in and play at the uh, facilities. Back when I did one of the championships, I watched them play Argentina live, which was really cool.
2: This sounds so cool. Like I'm so
3: into this right now.
2: Okay.
0: So obviously we've established you were a goalie and I'm assuming that the physical nature of being a goalie and or getting hit with the ball is what has caused Your concussions,
3: amount good amount of them, yes.
0: Okay. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) How physical is this sport? Like, is there are there a lot of collisions, or is that a foul? Like, how does how what's the physical nature from this sport?
3: So I always say that you're really not. It's not. You're not supposed to be physical. It's really kind of like a woman's across thing where you're not encouraged to run into people. You're not encouraged to hit people, but obviously I've seen it get physical, especially when you're playing at a high level and you want to win. Um, there's some girls I know who could not stay on their feet. They're always flopping and sliding into other people. Um, me as a goalie, um, there were skills where you were told to slide into oncoming players. And I would do that a lot. It was one of my favorites. So I was really aggressive. That was my, that was my kind of calling card. I was an extremely aggressive goalkeeper. So I would go out and play that way. Um, I usually would not get called for it because it was part of the style of play. So goalkeepers could be very aggressive. Um, however, I think I see girls kind of pushy be a little chubby and you probably get called talked to for it, but, um, they'd let it slide sometimes maybe give you a warning, but as long as you're really not (laughs) hitting anyone with your stick, you're not like cross-checking anyone. You're pretty much fine. Um, but I never really saw anyone get out of hand. There was no big fights, but I saw some girls get hit in the eye with a ball, get hit in the head. Like things do get, I saw a girl get lose all of her teeth in her mouth guard. Like things get brutal out there, but not always.
0: um, Not not intentionally brutal. (laughs) Just it happens
3: each other's neck, but
0: people like tap their shin guards with the stick. Like, is that like a thing? Like I can see that being like a way to get chippy with somebody.
3: Yeah, I think that that and just kind of like getting, to get in people's, um, like get people out of position, you kind of box them out. So in the circle, you box them out to get out of the way. So that's another way to get kind of chippy. Like I would push people out of the way with my shoulders. Like I would just kind of be getting my position, but I'd push them if they're in my way. There was a lot of tactics people had um, that I never always subscribed to. One of the goalies I used to work, I used to play with said, to take your stick and like lift up their skirts it makes them uncomfortable and they move away and i was like i don't i don't know if i'm gonna do that but whatever to do if that that works for you but yeah so there's always different things that people had um ideas on but it can get catty especially those teams that we play against that we'd always have bad blood with um especially in america east there's a lot of really good teams so we would play them over and over again and we'd really kind of it would get it'd get ugly sometimes but it was fun so if I mean I'm into
2: this now who would I watch collegiately or professionally like who would I want to keep track of
3: so for collegiately division one the teams that usually do really well are University of Connecticut um Duke UNC those are three that usually almost always um Competing for a title. Uh, I'm trying to think. Do you have you guys have any schools in general that you like? I'm, I'm Ohio say.
2: State. I mean, I'm I Penn through. State.
3: Field hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so I'm thinking any Big Ten. Maryland is a really good Big Ten school for field hockey. Um, that's Maryland's actually really good. They're usually a top fives team, but Ohio State's really good. Uh, Big Ten field hockey's. One of the best in the country, actually. Michigan, uh, Michigan State's really good, but I mean, I I'm an I'm an Indiana fan. That's where my family's all from. Um, I was looking to go to school there. I would have loved that, but it didn't work out. Um, Ohio State, you could definitely go see a game there. They have a nice field. They have a nice facility. So you're from Indiana. My mom's from Indiana.
2: Okay, and you played in New Hampshire.
3: I played um, at the University of Albany in New York, and then UMass Lowell. Okay, so right. Right up, a little elevated to Division One. All right. Yeah, but the the best ones would be those. But uh, Maryland, Ohio State would be a good game. Penn State's also a good team for field hockey too.
0: Damn straight, they are.
3: <laughs> so that's another I'm a, one.
0: I'm a Penn State fan. <laughs>
3: That's a good game. You could do Penn State, um, Ohio State, and then go to Lancaster after.
0: We should, like, I, a- we should, buff. Catch that game, State College, yeah.
2: So, what is the youngest age for someone to get involved in field hockey?
3: I have coached camps where it's as young as kindergartners. The it's really has started up much younger than it was when I was a kid because before then, before like now, it really was when was it available in school but there's so many more programs especially with usa field hockey trying to grow the game they have um a program called that growing the game and it's um set out all around the country for younger players um to kind of give them that option instead of little kids soccer
1: mm-hmm. which
3: is thing is usually way cheaper where you can just have to buy cleats and kind of sign them up and it's a similar thing um, I helped coach it a few sessions when I, a few years ago, back when I was living home. And it's like a practice every Saturday for a few hours and little kids would come and just learn the basics. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity now growing. And I think it's starting to spread more out into the Midwest and other regions. I've been kind of researching that a little bit, um, but it's crazy how much younger. I talked to some people and there are people who have started it super young. Mm -hmm. Um, especially internationals. I've played with a lot of international students and they start it when they're like three, like they start it before they can. That's why they're so good. Um, It's crazy how much they, uh, how they start so much earlier and they're just so comfortable with field hockey, but it's because their parents played for fun all their lives. And it's just such a family sport in other countries. It's just like soccer and baseball for us.
2: This is, I really appreciate you sharing this. This is great.
3: Yeah. It's something that a lot of people just don't really think about because it's so not popular around the country. It's really, even in my, like in Vermont, I live in Vermont now and it's not huge here because Vermont's so small. Um, New England, it's, it's bigger in Massachusetts than it is in New Hampshire, but Pennsylvania is huge. It's like really big in Pennsylvania. um, That tri-state area of Delaware like maryland new jersey that's where a lot of like the good players come from hmm. but there's a lot of good schools starting to pop up i think the big 10 being that big powerhouse in the midwest really helps keep the representation yeah yeah you, so, try,
0: you, you got your your yeah your head hamsters running jim you oh, you're your, your you trying to get your kids into this right now <laughs> i got a
2: five-year-old daughter who needs to be doing this
3: Absolutely. And the great thing I'm going to say about field hockey too is beyond division one, like this is what I'm saying, I'd coach division two and three. And I'm a big supporter of those divisions as well. Division three, there is someone, there's a team for anyone. If you want to play field hockey in college, there's so many division three teams out there that have different cultures and different setups that if you want to play, there's a team out there for you, which I think is phenomenal. And there's more programs. Um, popping up is a lot it's popping up in the south and the like the game is growing so I think that's awesome. And I'm yeah. always and if you ever needed a guest coach, I could try to come and be a coach.
1: Yeah.
3: you <laughs> give a guest
2: It seems to me like this sport has the opportunity to not only like open the doors for collegiate scholarships, but it also like mm-hmm brings people together it's a good
3: community it really is i have best friends i still talk to daily um internationally i have friends that i visited um one of my best friends lived in madrid i went to visit her a few years ago for my birthday she's still playing and it's just it really is a good community um i still am in touch with people i've coached with i've played with and i think there's a lot to be said it's a growing community and there's a lot of good people in it. So if you can start young, it's, it's different. And I think it's fun. It's yeah something that I think there's a lot of different positions, a lot of different things you can do within the sport. So it's kind of something for everyone.
2: How and did, how did you go from player to coach? How, is just so, a natural thing.
3: Um, so what I did was I had applied for a few graduate assistant positions, my senior year of college So my junior year was actually my last year of being able to play field hockey because of my concussions. I had to, I um, received my 10th at that point. So I've had two since then, and I have received two within a year. Well, four within a year, two back to back within a day. And I went to go see a doctor um, who worked with Patrice Bergeron with his. So he was like a, the Bruins concussion doctor in Concord mass. And he told me I should probably stop playing for the best of my brain, which is a good thing. Right. And so I went off, I studied abroad. I took some time to think when I came back, I started to apply for graduate assistantships and I got um, hired at Wilkes university in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So I lived there for a year and um, the whole, I didn't end up being able to stay there for my whole, Um, duration of my program so I moved back home and worked at SNU after but I always kind of knew I wanted to coach and I had worked with club coaching before and just like summer jobs and I really enjoyed it and working on a college campus is so much fun and with the college students I really enjoyed it. Um, I was always a coach jumping up and down when we scored. I always got way too into it. (laughs) Um, I was always really hyped up (laughs) but It was really enjoyable. I think now that I've stepped away from it and started doing something else, I've realized how much I'd love to get back into it. So hopefully when COVID clears up, an opportunity can kind of represent. Because the seasons, a lot of teams aren't having seasons this year for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ones that were going to have the fall season in the spring, a lot of those teams didn't end up doing it. Or having shortened seasons, so it's best to just try for next year. But
2: well, I really do. I mean, this is this is very eye opening. This is a sport I definitely would not have I would not have guessed. Like, oh, this is this is a community, <laughs> and then for you to
1: well, it's a really
3: cool thing, and there's a lot of people who know each other. And it's if you get in with the right group, it's definitely a good. It's just like any sport. If you get in with the right group, it's a good experience. But there's always bad eggs. Sure. It, that's just the way of life. There's that in any sports, there's politics, there's all that. But for the most part, I can't say enough about field hockey and just the whole 14 years I gave to it. I obviously want to go back to it. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here talking about the sport if I didn't love it. Right. Um, but I definitely want to see it grown more, which, so I like me hearing and being able to talk to you and just putting off light bulbs that you say, Oh, I have a five-year-old and I want to see, if it's like she might be interested in that, makes me happy because that's the whole goal of this. It's just maybe if I could get one other person interested in it, that's someone else maybe finding something they like and enjoy. And at the end of the day, that's the whole purpose we're here for. <laughs> well, you got just, me hooked. That's for you know, sure. It's fun. And my dad um, never knew field hockey. My dad was a college like baseball player. He became like show dad. He would bring... <laughs> his like chair and he'd sit away from everybody and he would take my videos and he would like write down all these notes and he would sit me down. He'd drive me to every tournament I ever had to go to any camp. He helped me email all my coach, all my like recruitment stuff. He made my recruitment video. He was like dance moms, but like field hockey dad. (laughs) And now since I left, he still does the book and the timer at the middle school field hockey games. Like he is still like loves field hockey and he had never even heard of it until I started playing. So if that is another, like push in the right direction, like he was absolutely idea what it was. And now he, he loves it. He definitely enjoys it. That's cool. Uh, There's a lot of whistles. So be prepared for that. There's (laughs) so many rules, but it's definitely fun and it's fun to watch, especially once it can get kind of fast paced and, and once you can kind of see where the the skills start to build up, but it's fun. It's running around and it's getting outside, and you get to hit things. I like that. You get to hit the ball with. It's a good way to get anger out. Yeah. I don't. Know. I look at it like sometimes when I was angry, I could just go and like hit the ball into the net a few times, and it was just a nice way to kind of relieve some stress. So it's a good outlet.
1: Yeah.
0: Any, anything else about this sport or even, you know, even things we may have glossed over or didn't get any detail that would be interesting for us to learn or the listeners to
3: understand? I'm not really sure if there's really anything much. Um, yeah, no, field hockey is just something that I think hopefully can grow more. And next time the Olympics are on, don't change the channel when it's on the TV yeah uh, it's not often on TV. That was one thing I heard actually on the last, uh, podcast of yours, I listened to the guy talking about wrestling on TV and how that's not often on field hockey is definitely something that's not normally on TV. Um, there might be a few networks that have it, but definitely pop in and give it a chance because it's kind of interesting. You might have to look up the rules because there's tons of them and it's are always changing, but um, the top school, like scorings is awesome. Like look up YouTube highlights if you're ever bored, but the game's really fun and it's a good way to get active. So I think growing, it would be a great opportunity for a lot of people. I don't think there's anything else really fun. <laughs> One thing I'm also often asked with, um, guys, when they ask about guys who play field hockey is if they have to wear skirts. The guys do not have to wear skirts. Just they in have case to wear a kilt if they want to they probably can i mean teach their own but they don't have to um most I of the would. guys where i i mean i i would i think that would be the coolest way to play it like yeah personally I listen,
0: yeah i i would so my high school day, our our nickname was the uh, the highlanders so
3: oh, and so cool
0: at some point you know we actually had you know um typically we had a bagpiper that would lead us on the field for like the football games and stuff like that. So, um, I have worn a kilt before. <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah. Miss opportunity, not having a field hockey team with the Highland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of a cool go- bagpipe, bringing him in.
2: <laughs> Guru Connor. He, he's made an appearance on this show. He, he is Irish. And when he got, when he gets married, he's going to wear a kilt and we're supposed to go over to Ireland, Scott, myself, um, scott's wife rachel and and we want to wear kilts to his wedding so
3: that's amazing i'm all about kilts i think that's so cool yeah i am all about kilts i think that's i think that's an underlooked aspect of the game i wish the men would bring it back oh for sure
2: (laughs) it would make the game even more exactly (laughs) well we appreciate you coming on we appreciate you reaching out
3: absolutely i had fun I, pre- I enjoyed this
2: and uh if we have any more field hockey questions or just you know if you feel like making a, a homer visit to our homer section we'll have
3: you love- on absolutely i would love to be in the homer section if you ever need to guess for that that'd be oh. so much fun we'll reach out yeah absolutely. doesn't need not to
0: be about field hockey either. yeah can be whatever anything. you want yeah exactly.
3: i have lots of other teams we can talk about <laughs>
2: perfect well thanks for being on
3: of course yeah. thank you so much yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Jim, you, you want
0: to say your name again? Because I now I have to give you a hard time. <laughs> Avril or Yeah.
1: Doty? yeah. Hey. yeah.
4: <laughs> this week's rant is the uh, goddamn NBA, most importantly, goddamn Adam Silver. Uh, they canceled the All Star weekend last weekend or last year, and this year they had it in, uh, I think in Atlanta maybe, Uh, but it was supposed to be in Indianapolis last year, but they didn't give it back to them, Um, not only that, but they snubbed uh, Demontis Sabonis from the Pacers, who's uh, second in the league in triple doubles, Um, but they ended up... Uh, using him to replace an injured player. So he still makes it, but he was not chosen as a reserve. They also snubbed uh, Devin Booker. I mean, I know the West is loaded with guards, but Devin Booker easily should have made the all-star team as a reserve. Uh, so the goddamn NBA and, most importantly, goddamn Adam Silver.
1: All right,
2: ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the Homer segment. But before we, we begin, I'd like to... Uh, announce our sponsor for this segment. This segment is brought to you by shreddies. Go to myshreddies.com and give them a whiff. So before we begin, uh, do you, have, gonna... to,
0: do you have to let it linger?
2: <laughs> so before we begin, I want to introduce this week's Homer. You know him, you love him. Mr. Aaron Wilkinson. Welcome to the show again, Mr. Aaron Wilkinson. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good good yeah
5: thank i think for- i didn't get the message i know we're on zoom and they can't see you but you're both wearing red and i didn't get that message so i'm not wearing red it's good for an audio podcast just to establish what you guys are wearing
2: i appreciate you giving that to the listeners thank you're you welcome.
0: Thank you're welcome thank you we also both have uh some type of
1: hat hatware. wear on
0: yeah Yeah. nothing and headphones works. that go over your head
1: yeah it's because we're official
2: cool. podcasters you're just the guest yeah. it's okay i'm
5: i do have the sheet
2: so anyways you do have a background um so moving on you are a cowboys fan yep your college football fandom is still up for sale last i checked
5: like i said it technically has been sold to wvu but I, i i will consider myself a wvu homer
2: it's fine and i believe you're a penguins fan i am so today's homer is
5: professional wrestling
2: okay
0: yeah, so this is this is entertainment? Are well, we in sports anymore? <laughs>
5: yeah, so here's the deal. This is what I want to talk to you guys about. A couple weeks ago, you had uh, the young lady on there talking about Saturday Night Live, and that's entertainment, and yeah. you guys talk about sports. And what's a better way to talk about something that combines both sports and entertainment? Sports entertainment. Boom, there we are. So here's the deal. I I want to take this time to convince some people that might have stepped out on wrestling, professional wrestling. And it's like, I don't want to watch that anymore because there is a new league out there. And I'm going to do my little two bits to try to convince you to tune in one night and watch it. And Muff, you're going to be my candidate. So I'm assuming like any red-blooded American that's around this age, you used to watch wrestling, right?
0: That
5: is correct. In, in the heyday Right what made you watch it Was it the storytelling was it the athleticism Like what made you watch it
0: Hulk Hogan
5: So I, I mean I was in the same boat too Um and unfortunately He now has been Hounded as a racist Racist I'm not going to <laughs> uh, uh, I want to drop pause. Xbox. Yeah so Um you know that's no longer a reason to watch wrestling. So it was the character of Hogan that you were intrigued by? Yes. Okay. So the character of Hulk Hogan intrigued you. Now, on your podcast, you guys talk about the league and the drama that comes with the league, the NBA. This league. And you guys like yeah, this league. You guys talk you. about like all of the the infighting and the outfighting and, you know, what happens behind the scenes. And what's a better place than professional wrestling to watch the stories that they tell in the ring athletically, the stories that they tell with the storylines that they're telling on the television, then the pseudo behind the scenes storylines that they're telling, where they're telling some reality, but it's still part of what they call kayfabe, which is their fake reality. And then there's a real, real reality about what's happening with contracts and stuff. There's four realities to work with there. It, it is almost like Inception. Yeah. So when you when you dig into it, you you have so many levels of discussion where it's not just about the athleticism that's done in the ring. But you've got to figure out, like, who's trying to move ahead? Who's who are they trying to get in front of the public to become a new superstar who deserves to be in front of the public? All of those little storylines. And intricacies that are revolving around professional wrestling. That's what's interesting. Like, that's the, that's the, like, little kernel of going, like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. So that's why, as a 38-year-old man, I still (laughs) watch professional wrestling. But it's not so much about, like, I get it. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, but they're running around in their spandex. Last week, uh, Nate's wife made a comment about baseball players and their baseball fans. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And I never really thought about it. But like, I, I, why don't more women watch professional professional wrestling? There's guys in underwear, usually that are in good shape. You know what I mean? Like, rolling around in oil. <laughs> and then for the guys, there's girls doing it too. So there's a lot of spectrums that you can hit with professional wrestling that I just think that Not enough people, they just kind of dismiss it like, oh, that's something I used to watch as a kid. And I think there's another layer there or level there of storytelling and athleticism and quote-unquote drama that if people kind of maybe just opened their eyes a little bit or opened up their minds, they might find themselves falling down that wormhole. Bringing it to the Homer part, I understand why people don't watch WWE anymore. I get it. There's another company called AEW. It's on TNT on Wednesday nights. And that's a pretty good show. Um, You know, the level of storytelling that they tell is back, you know, kind of back in the early 90s of wrestling. It's more that kind of storytelling mixed with today's athleticism of professional wrestling. So if you want to give it a shot, I would tune in on TNT 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights. I'm not a paid spokesman, but I just... I just think that that's something that maybe your audience wouldn't be interested in, too. And you, as a former wrestling fan, I think that you should give it a shot. Muff, ask me questions as the Homer.
2: Muff, what do you think of this?
0: Well, I'm be real honest here. I don't watch the NBA either, but I sure pay <laughs> attention to the stories. <laughs> so, um, I here I mean- and there, I here and there will tune in. Uh, I am notoriously awful at keeping up with things week to week. That is true. So the storylines are lost on me because I may be there for like a couple weeks and then I'll be out of it for a month and I'm awful to hop back into it. So for me, I already know where my challenges lie and I just don't try to get with it because I know I'm not going to be able to keep up.
5: But the great thing about professional wrestling that us loyalists do hate sometimes is that if it's a good wrestling show, which I believe AEW is, they do a good job. And Jim hates us sometimes because we talk about it, how long it takes for them to tell a story. And I feel like sometimes that's a good thing for fans like you, because that length of story gives you the ability to kind of drop in, drop out. And if you aren't 100% sure about like, oh, what happened? A- they usually give you a recap. That is true, and that's the thing people hate because, like, you're like, we watch a show every week. Why do you need a recap? Well, because for fans who haven't been watching every week, because they are hashtag with a the life, um, they, you know, they kind of tell you what happened. And two, you know, the internet's a beautiful thing. So I'm not going to go into more details, <laughs> but you could tend to find a way to to catch up, even catch on just guy. a on an individual storyline. I I just think that it's one of those storytelling devices that people kind of write off. And it's done in a way where it's dismissed because it's like thought of less than. But when you look around, you know, culturally and you see like, they can't make a movie without it having being tied to comic books. And 20 years ago, that was like comic books. What's that? Like, who cares about comic books? And now it's every major motion picture is based off of a comic book or a graphic novel. And you look at other things, like you mentioned Hulk Hogan. I mean, you can look at The Rock, who now has a television show based off his life, and his life is pretty much brought to you by his hard work and dedication, but his time spent wrestling and his father's time spent wrestling. So that milestone of, like, (laughs) professional wrestling always being like right on the outside of pop culture. You know what I mean? It's like right on the fringe of being like, it's acceptable. I thought in the 90s when it became really popular, it had made it. And then, you know, because of the negative connotations with professional wrestling, young people dying, drugs, things of that nature, it kind of fell back out. But now you're starting to see, I think, that swing back into it. Now that there's Mm -hmm. two companies – There's that rivalry, you know, uh, the old saying about iron sharpens iron. You know, when you have competition, you've got to, you're always striving to do better. And when WWE lost that competition, when they bought their competition, you know, I I feel like as a professional wrestling fan, the the company really took a dip down. But now that you have AEW and WWE, you know, WWE has a show on Wednesday nights on USA that uh, they compete against AEW and AEW continuously beats them. But it's that thing of they're always trying to push each other and you know you're going to see superstars from one company go to the other and vice versa and that's going to get people talking and then as more people talk about it more people are going to tune in as the numbers get higher uh, the money gets bigger because of advertising and things of that nature and wherever there's money there's eyeballs so i think you're going to see maybe 2022 that resurgence of professional wrestling and i think we're we're starting to see that kind of happen right now. It was one of the only professional sports that stayed active through the
2: COVID yeah. period. Yeah, so and I mean,
5: I know everyone made fun of it, but like that shows how powerful that comp- those both those companies are.
2: Yeah, and I was going to, I was going to kind of bring it in from that other perspective. Um, I am also a quote-unquote mark for wrestling um i'm a huge i too am a homer for aew but if you look at the bubble if you look at and the bubble in the nba if you look at what they did in the sports arenas um fight island even um a lot of the things in the sports world they took from how wwe and aew put on live events with people because they didn't stop they did not stop so the live crowds, the pumping in of, of crowd noise into shows.
5: The video um, walls.
2: The video walls. The, the cardboard cutouts. All of, the, all of these things were tried out first in professional wrestling. Um, the fan interaction online. All of it was tried out through these wrestling companies that you're seeing in the sports arenas. And, and they, they contributed to that and got, got us through covid if you're a wrestling fan, and I think it bled over to the sports world, and it always does. I mean, a Super Bowl champion gets a championship belt from WWE. Every NFL team gets a, a, a belt from WWE, and they put it on their Instagram. Um, so they are on the fringe like you talk about, but they steal a lot of stuff from from the wrestling world. Also, athletically, and muff, like I, I speak to you, I think you would enjoy the hell out of an AEW match because those guys are phenomenal. The way those little guys fly around, it's just, I don't know how they do some of the things they do. They're crazy. Um, And
5: and it's not even just so much the little guys too. The athleticism and some of those big guys who do that flying around stuff. There's a guy, uh, Hangman Adam Page, and he's 6'3", 6'4", right? I mean, he's flipping around like, there's no way. And then to see the big guys, they're cardiovascular to be able to put on a show. And the thing, even when I was a kid, the thing when, when the fourth wall was broken, I found out it was fake or not real predetermined. The thing that I
0: was always <laughs> impressed with the most, how, how old were you? How old were you when this yeah. happened? And like, how devastated were you from your recollection? Well,
5: I mean, okay. So to go back, the thing that I remember the most as a child was like, I was devastated when Hulk Hogan fought ultimate warrior. Like, I was, at the end of that match, I cried, and I was both happy and sad, because, like, I liked them both, so I was sad that Hogan lost, and I was happy that Warrior won, but it was shortly thereafter that I was just, like, but it doesn't make sense, (laughs) like, this doesn't, (laughs) and, like, it was just one of those things that, like, as you are, you know, wrestling with your friend, and you go to hit him, you go, like, well, he just punched me in my face, that hurt, how do they get punched in the face 13 times, and it doesn't hurt. So you just kind of like it's one of those like oh because it's not they're not really doing it yeah so you know pre ten somewhere around there sometime that I found out about the big red guy, Um, so that was coded in case any kids are listening. Um, But it it was one of those things that I impressed me the most was that they did all this without hurting each other. That like as you grow older and you hear those stories about like their number one job is to protect each other and how they want to be safe. And like the people that they, that are treasured the most in the wrestling world are those people who work with each other, who make it look the realist without ever touching them. And like that to me, I mean, I know that somebody's going to call BS on Twitter about this, but it's almost something Shakespearean about it sometimes about I agree. the art of putting on this story. And yes, I know they talk, but they almost tell a story without words. And it's a physical demonstration of like, okay, I'm going to tell this story about how I'm going to hurt this person's leg and how that person has to work through that to get to their final goal. I, I, When you're able to kind of like strip away all the nonsense and the glitter and the glitz, and you can kind of go like, oh, there's a story being told there. I just think there's something great about it. and I just think that for in the bigger sports world, even with it, having a predetermined outcome it should have received more appreciation
2: yeah i agree and then as far as just to, to wrap up my bit on this um podcasts wouldn't be as big yeah without wrestling
5: i mean just to go one more step in my home or dumb so you know i i've been i don't know ragging on jim for how years. long years i mean years Because I'm a nerd, so I've been listening to podcasts long time ago. And I used to listen to a whole bunch of different stuff. But a lot of the stuff was wrestling. And there was was multiple reasons why you had wrestlers who were on the road who wanted to kill time and just kind of BS with their friends. But then you had other stories that needed to be told. So some of the biggest podcasts out right now are um, one with Bruce Pritchard. He currently works with WWE. He's head of creative he previously worked with wwe back in the heyday um and people would know him by his on-screen persona his brother love um but he's on it with a guy they call him the pod father um conrad and he has a show with bruce he has a show with tony Schiavone. he has a show with eric bischoff he has a show with jim ross and they tell stories about the behind the scene that led up to whatever happened on camera and i mean it's absolutely engaging uh Cole Cabana was another one. He's currently in AEW. Uh, He had one part of the art of wrestling where he was an independent wrestler, and as he went to different shows, he would interview guys and just kind of talk about where they came from, what their story was. And it became a big deal when CM Punk went on there after he left WWE and gave a shoot interview. Shoot means real. Real. And uh, kind of laid into WWE and made some claims on there, so much so that WWE sued them. And they had to go to court. Um, I mean, Chris the Jericho. Depp's,
2: I mean, all of those oh, guys. the Jericho
5: podcast. I mean, it, it just ESPN has one called. Uh, uh, oh my god, it's the one I listen to every, every week. It's with Peter Rosenberg. It is called uh, Dead Air is not good for any podcast.
2: So basically, what it, what I'm trying to get at as he hunts for this podcast is
5: Cheap like, Pete. Called Cheap and the other one's called The mass Man. I If I don't say anything about mass Man, I, I would begrudge myself.
2: Prior to wrestling getting into podcasts, the Apple and their podcast was, like, dead. Nothing was happening. Yeah. People were trying to, like, get into podcasts and, like, well, what are we going to talk about? And wrestling, again, took over that form and just shot it through the moon. And now everybody wants to do a podcast over, you know, anything. Especially, you know, two guys who call themselves not gurus of sports. But, I mean, podcasts are a thing now because of wrestling. So, I agree with Aaron Muff. This is more of a, we sprung this on you to try to make you a wrestling fan. So I
5: I don't even want you to become a wrestling fan. All I would like you to do my homework assignment for anybody is tune in one week to AEW preferably. Cause that's the one I would, I'll put my stake, uh, my name on and just watch for a little bit. And I I promise you, if you give it enough time, you'll find something in there. You go that, that entertained me. Yeah. And and I, I just think that if we all kind of gave it that, oh, that was entertaining option, you would find a little bit more of appreciation for, for professional wrestling yeah. and the drama that it brings.
2: So, Muff, your turn, buddy. What do you think? And then your homer.
0: What do I think? I think that uh, we need to use this educational moment to – provide some uh, key terms in the wrestling world that people would not understand <laughs> yeah probably so like putting people over shoot um, uh, putting know.
5: people over putting people over means it, it could mean one of two things
0: it means you're either
5: losing the match so you're putting that person over you physically like they're gonna pin you or it means that you're building them up like you're talking good about them like uh you know i, I really enjoy your podcast i think you both sound really good If I said that to a friend, i just put you over. Um, Shoot means for real. So as I explained to you guys earlier, there's so many layers of reality when you're dealing with professional wrestlers. You know, on TV, this character might be dating this character, but in shoot, that person's actually married to somebody else. So
0: for me, this is like the exact opposite because you think of shoot, you think of you're shooting a film or you're shooting something. So it's like, it's it's past backwards to me because I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. This is the opposite yeah. of what I think it should be.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
5: So like if uh, Jim and I were professional wrestlers and on camera, he broke my leg, but really I just needed three months off because my wife was having a baby. So the storyline is I have a broken leg, but shoot yeah. is I'm taking family
0: time away.
2: So like kayfabe, he broke his leg. <laughs> shoot.
5: Okay. Well, there's was- the,
0: so what's that? Kayfabe is, is, is
2: fake. That's the
5: storyline. That's the storyline. Kayfabe is the storyline. And here's what does another. What we, we don't
2: know. This is the term. The term they use. It's got to mean something. Yeah, I'm sure. But, but we got to find like, an old carny wrestler to, to tell that's
5: what, gonna, that's what I was going <laughs> to say.
2: like, here's
5: the funniest thing. Like, we're using modern day wrestling terms. Before this all happened, they used to use carny talk. It's like a form of pig Latin. Yeah. So that like they would talk in code and if you didn't know what it meant,
2: you didn't know. Yeah. So like we're just barely we're this is what we know, man.
0: Scratching okay. the surface, self-talk.
2: Yeah.
0: Fair enough. So <clears throat> for both of you since you keep up more regularly with this, who are some wrestlers that you would say pay attention to?
2: Oh.
0: If 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 I if I were to dedicate some time to this endeavor. For months if you or both just... had one person to say, Muff, pay attention to this person.
2: Well give him just one. One, one AEW. Yeah. Which whichever
0: whichever one you're gonna go with.
5: I'm gonna shoot I'm gonna shoot and say cowboy or not cowboy, I'm sorry. Hangman Adam Page. And here's why. Yeah, me too. His story that's being told, I'm a geek. So his story that's being told over several platforms. Like there's another show called Being the Elite. We're not going to go into it. It's a vlog show on YouTube. So he's been friends with these guys for a little bit in real life for shoot. And they brought, he was a school teacher in real life, started training in wrestling, started getting booked. He got in with these guys, the young bucks, who are executive VPs of AEW, and they started going like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to help you. And he went over to Japan. He got what's called a push. His story was promoted. Um, and slowly, they started. when they started AEW, they started telling a story with him there, where he was kind of the, the fourth wheel of the their little clique. Uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have been friends forever. They're called the Elite. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on with them. But he becomes tag team champions with Kenny Omega begrudgingly. And like they keep hinting at they're going to break up, then they lose the championship, and everyone kind of blames him. So he kind of goes through, and this is not a, this is me telling you the story now. He kind of goes through an alcoholic phase on television where he's getting drunk, he's going to a bar, and like after his match before COVID, he'd go into the crowd and drink a beer. So he had very much a stone cold vibe. And um, he's, his story is slowly now, He's gone to the bottom, and now he's slowly coming up every week. Um, and he's got an upcoming match. There's a pay-per-view this March 7th um, called Revolution, where he's going to be fat- fighting Matt Hardy. So his story is kind of arcing to where he's going to start climbing the ranks. That would be the guy if you're yeah. going to just watch one person, and that would be my kind of like he's going to be a storyteller in the very near future in the next year or so
2: i think you'd relate to it, buff like he's your kind of he's,
3: he's from virginia
5: guy. Yeah. i listened to a podcast about his life it's really he sounds like a really good dude went to college for film school um i mean a really good story
2: yeah i i can't give you another one that that yeah, one has buff all over it yeah okay right. so
5: i nailed well, it if anybody wants to at me at ooh, what's my twitter handle I'm never on Twitter. People at ask me.
2: Wilkie one eight eight. Oh, think.
1: that sounds True. right.
5: I'm on Twitter all the time. Can't you tell guys? Yeah. I'm, hip, I'm cool. <laughs> w at W I L K one eight eight eight. It's Wilkie eighteen
2: eighty eight. There you go. At me.
5: At at you. Was that the year you at were born? Oh. 1888. I feel like it. I feel like it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm that old. Jim Jim gives you
0: a hard time, and I'm like, "Ah, I got to throw something in there. I'm going to put a jab in.
1: All right, (laughs) Moss, you're up up on the (sighs) Homer.
0: All right. My Homer uh, will will not be as uh, educational, it will not be as uh, eh, potentially, probably not as interesting. Uh, My Homer is about the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, specifically Ben Roethlisberger. all right art rooney president of the steelers has given ben roethlisberger until march 17th to rework his contract in the 41 million dollars against the salary cap this year for the pittsburgh steelers some things to think about ben turns 39 this year is not necessarily i'm gonna say he's not mobile He's not able to move around in the pocket much at this point. Um, it's been four years since the Steelers won a playoff game, and he has the largest hit to the salary caps this year. Um, there are other things within, that, within the team that need to be addressed. Uh, offensive line, Pouncy retired. Villanueva is a free agent on the line. Um, beyond that, Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent. I think we all know where Jim feels that that should probably go. Yeah. based on jim's thought on juju smith schuster um and you also have eric ebron who came in this year in the tight end spot actually is a six million dollar hit against the cap so i assume that he's probably going to be released to free up some room there um interesting for you jim some mock drafts are actually showing justin fields falling all the way to the steelers in the first round at number twenty-four. No, I do not think that's going to happen. I was going to ask you what what pick do they have? Twenty-four. Okay. Yeah. So it's not likely, but there are some mock drafts out there that that show that happening. Can they trade um, up? You can always trade up. I just that's but not. Do they steal, have
2: it in the trade?
0: That's not a Steelers move. If you know the Steelers organization, they typically do not. They usually add draft stock in the mid to late rounds, as opposed to losing draft picks. Or what about stadium. um? What's
5: the Wayne Haskins situation like?
0: He's in the club. He's he's on he's on the team. He has like a real a real minimum type of contract. Um Is there any him. rumor for? Is there any trade stock there? No. no, he's he has no stock at this point. I mean, I, he was released really yeah. and signed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. He'll he'll end up probably QB three to start, like training camp and all of that. And I if I had to guess, he's probably going to move up to QB two. All said and done, for the Steelers. Um what about um? I'm going to
5: broach a subject here that two weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, you guys said you weren't going to talk about. Well, what about what about the guy from Houston, Deshaun? Deshaun,
2: I didn't say I wouldn't talk about it. Muff's hot about it.
5: I know that you hate the rumor mill, but I'm just asking: is there is there a move there to move Ben to Texas and get Deshaun to
0: Pittsburgh? <laughs>
5: I'm just saying with, yeah. with the is, salaries, is, is it
0: possible? Is it right, possible? Right. Yes. Uh, again, this is, this is traditional Steelers. I don't see them giving up that many first round or first and second yeah. round picks to make that happen. Um, what if they gave Ben away? I don't think Texas wants Ben.
5: Right. I, I, I understand that. But if Deshaun wants out that bad and he's he's publicly saying it that much, do they attempt to save face and go like, okay, look, we'll we've got a we've got a Hall of Fame quarterback coming in for one year.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: We're going to try to build with the draft. So maybe they pick up somebody late in the draft with now they've got two picks. I'm just I'm throwing it out there as a high. oh no, just no, these everything's at idea. this
0: point at this point everything's on the table with quarterbacks in the league. I mean, let's be honest, like yeah. this that's is probably idea. one of the most high a high drama situation as Jim likes to call it the Stafford effect yeah. um, and everything that's happening after this. Um, I see the way the league is operating right now. When you see with quarterbacks, I, I just don't think it makes sense because the Steelers are going to have to give up way too much draft capital in the future to make this work. So I see them better suited draft some offensive linemen, maybe even use that first round pick to grab a running back, even though running backs in the first round are kind of faux pas at this point, nobody's really doing it. Um, but you know, if you've got somebody like Najee Harris from Alabama sitting there, it's a possibility. Mm. My thought is hopefully, and I have a feeling this is going to happen because I don't see Ben leaving Pittsburgh for one year to finish out his career. I don't think he's going to pull like the Brett Favre type of situation. I see Ben reworking his deal. The Steelers grabbing, Offensive linemen, maybe picking up a tight end round three, four, five, um, and starting to rebuild within the draft, and just hoping that maybe they catch fire this year and are more competitive. I personally am not going to be surprised if they end up around five hundred and are in third or fourth place in the division. It's just where I see this. Um, they don't really need new wide receivers. They've got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and James Washington. So they've been successful drafting wide receivers, and I feel like they're going to continue to do that. So my homer, I mean, homer take is um, Ben reworks his deal. The Steelers kind of live in mediocrity next year, um, and then Steelers are looking ahead and hoping that they they hit gold somewhere in the draft or able to because the way that the league is going right now uh, makes some moves to upgrade in the quarterback position by the twenty twenty two seasons. All right. Okay, two questions. Sorry.
5: One name, Cam Newton. Is that an idea? Is his cost less than Ben Roethlisberger's cost? I don't know. Two. So when Art Rooney says he has until March 17th to rework his deal, he's got a deal. So like, what if he just says, no, I'm not going to. Then what, what's the recourse?
0: To, they'll probably look to trade him and then work with whatever team or they can release them. And I'm guessing they're, I am guessing they i did not look this deeply, but I'm guessing within his contract, there's probably a date. It's probably like the end of March or sometime in April, where if they release him by a certain date, that it's a significantly less number against the salary cap. Um, that,
5: that was kind of my question is if they, if he doesn't want to work, rework his deal, say, maybe he says, you know, I'm trying to make as much money as I can at the end of my career. Would it be cheaper for them to get rid of him and then sign someone like Cam, who's also a free agent, and be like, well, we can get this guy who's pennies on the dollar to what your contract is? Uh,
0: I'm it's just always, asking. I, I, no, it's always possible. I don't think... I think it would be an awful idea for Cam Newton, number one. This That's because you hate Cam lines. Newton.
2: Shut up. I, you I, hate Cam Newton.
0: I Well, Jim, let's just think about your takes on Cam Newton, how they have not come true at all.
2: Well... <laughs> I still like that guy.
0: Well, you can like him. doesn't mean he's a good football player. (laughs) Now, he was very good at one point in his career. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I think it's an awful idea for Cam Newton because the Steelers' defense is built around short, accurate passing, of which Cam Newton, unfortunately, isn't really that person at this point. And if he's going to run the ball, we all see what happened with the Steelers trying to run the ball last year. His career is going to end in – five
1: real
0: games quick. real quick <laughs> so i just think it's a terrible idea for cam newton yeah not just he, for the Steelers. The
2: go,
0: <laughs> i was it's, just asking oh no it's all on the table but if cam newton wants to not live to see game seven of next season then he can do that
5: yeah is there a free agent that fits the Steelers scheme that is close to ben stature but not
0: pay
1: they can it's hold off for pay. jimmy g
0: Jimmy G could fill that role he's more of a play action quarterback Um, at this point I mean high profile which is out I mean they could look to maybe pick up somebody like Drew Locke coming out of Denver I'm just thinking of somebody that's mobile at least Jimmy G they're
2: going to take Jimmy G Oh,
0: that's totally different for their offense Jim
2: they're going to get Jimmy G I'm sticking with that
0: Okay, you can stick with it.
5: Are the rumors with Russell Wilson's out there?
0: Yes, they're they're out
2: there. They are shopping him.
0: Yeah, he. I feel like Russell Wilson, just like Deshaun Watson, are going to stay where they are. That's my, that's my thoughts. I think Russell right, has a better rushing. chance of going no
2: somewhere than Deshaun, but I agree. All right, it's my turn.
0: Don't have at it, Homer.
2: All right, so bear with me, fellas, because I don't know – I don't know the sport well enough, but my homer is the Ohio State men's basketball team. That's right, basketball. Hey, um, coming off are, a great week. Great they week. They're on a two game losing, losing streak. <laughs> and both those losses are to teams up north. Uh, the first one to Big Blue was a very hard loss. Great game. They lost 92 to 87. Despite what that final score is, it was a close game, probably uh, one, two possessions from being the other way, in my opinion. Um, it was a good game. The second loss. What What
0: about it was a good game for you? Like, I need to know this because you're not a traditional basketball fan. So I need to know like how you consumed the game and what was interesting.
5: I think you it, just the, saw the high state, put the orange thing in the round thing,
2: right? No, I think it was the pace of the game, the way that, that both sides were very aggressive. Um, there wasn't any delay or stalling. Everybody it was nonstop scoring.
0: Because it was a high scoring game. It was like 92 87 or something like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's
2: what I just said. Keep up.
0: So you just liked it because they scored a lot. They scored. It was There was action. It
5: wasn't. Yeah. So like if, the, if the final score was 56 to 54. I'm going to Okay. And Ohio State lost, you would have been like, oh, both teams. I wouldn't have are watched terrible. the whole game. He, yeah, he's turning
0: it up. off at halftime. He's it's done. <laughs> gotcha.
2: The second game. Uh, the loss to Michigan State, I think, is more worrisome for Ohio State. Um, yes, they had some bad officiating. Um, so oh, bad.
0: Oh, Jim has definitely joined the ranks of basketball fandom now. He's hold, blaming the officials. <laughs> hold.
2: You didn't even let me finish my take. Um, it was bad enough that their their coach, Chris Holtman, was ejected. That man is not one that usually gets ejected. He got ejected and two technical fouls, um, but that doesn't – That's not yeah, That's how lost. you get –
5: hold on. That's how you get ejected. I know you don't know that, but you get ejected by getting two technical fouls. <laughs> yeah. He got but two like, technical at fouls. At once. Yes. That's, that's okay. what happens. Well, then I don't know basketball. Does, yeah, that's fine. It, I'll own if you that. Get
0: two, if you get two throughout the game, you're ejected no matter what.
5: I know that part. But if they want to throw you out of the game, they just tee you up twice, so you're
2: thrown out of the game. Okay. Well, I missed that part. Got yeah. it. Again, I said bear with me. I pre—this was a precursor, yeah. anyway. But that's not why they lost the game.
0: Wait, I thought you just said it was a contributing factor.
2: I, I said that that happened. The officiating was not the best, but that's not why they lost the game. Okay. They were—they were not aggressive. They weren't playing with any identity. It was just not a well-played game.
0: What's their identity?
2: Making the ball move, getting up and down the court fast.
0: Okay, fair <laughs> enough. A high pace of play. Got it. Right. You watch more high state basketball than me, so I'm going to go with you here.
2: Being aggressive. They they seem very lame, like they were on tilt from the last game.
5: I also think that the other reason they lost the game is because the other team scored more points than them.
1: Thank you.
2: <laughs> God, you guys are just going to eat me up. I should have never done this basketball thing. I'm trying to expand my horizons here. Anyway...
5: That's for the meandering minutes, not the homer section.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> uh, the Buckeyes need to win the next two final games of the season um, against – what do you mean? Why are you shaking – I'm going to
0: let you continue because I want to understand why you're saying this.
2: <laughs> because they play number nine, Iowa, number five, okay. Illinois. Okay. If they – while they can't win outright the Big Ten championship, if they do win these two games, they get the double bye in the Big Ten tourney. Got the it. top four teams get double buys in the Big Ten tourney. Mm-hmm. They also probably need to win this to fully secure the number one seed in the Big Ten tourney.
1: Mm. Okay, Fair enough. What are so, they
2: ranked well, right
0: now? They're top ten f- in the country. I think four.
2: But the poll comes out this week. And after this loss, who knows?
0: Yeah, they'll still be top ten. Yeah. Wins lo- Losses don't hurt you as much, especially... To ranked teams, which Michigan is as well a top ten team, and the Big Ten is the best conference in college basketball this year. So
2: So Ohio State needs to get their heads out of their their butts and finish out strong.
0: Buy some shreddies,
2: and buy some shreddies. Visit (laughs) myshreddies.com, and that's the Homer section. Unless you guys have questions, and if you do, don't ask me because you guys have just torn me up on basketball.
0: I just want to know why have you become, is it interested in basketball or are you trying to become interested in basketball?
2: I'm trying to to become interested in basketball. I'm doing a sports podcast here, Muff, and I'm trying to be well-rounded.
0: Like a basketball?
2: Like a basketball.
0: What's your favorite part of the basketball game?
2: I don't have a favorite part of basketball game. I hate when it's that over. When, when it's, it's over, over.
0: <laughs> but will I'm you, watching them. Will you watch the national tournament?
2: I'm gonna try. I'm not gonna be like you and watch every one of these stupid games. No.
0: Oh, stupid games they are now.
2: I hate, I can't get into it.
0: That is the I'm, most exciting part because you see all of the highlights. You see all of the action, Jim. Muff, if you
2: could, would you take a whole week off or two weeks to watch this tournament and not work at all? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
5: And and he wouldn't need to at just the end of the week, just Wednesday, Thursday, That's Friday. Do they still do Wednesday games?
0: It's actually, they switched up this year. It's Thursdays, the play-in games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. is actually wow. So it's a little bit different.
2: And the COVID protocol is insane. Can we get nostalgic for a second?
0: Sure.
5: I hate modern technology sometimes because it took this away from me. But, Muff, you might have had this. When they used to play those games when you were in school and you had the board or you had your, your bracket, my grandmother, who didn't watch college basketball, but she hated the basketball tournament because it took away her stories. She used to watch daytime soaps yeah. on CBS. Yeah. And when the tournament would come around, she, like, hated it. But when I got old enough in high school, like, I would do a bracket, and I would give her the bracket. I'm like, all right, Grandma, I need you <laughs> to pay that <laughs> <check."> <laughs> and figure out, like this game's coming on let me know who wins and just highlight it and like every year like for the last two years in high school when i would come home she'd be like all right aaron now this one and she'd have like a rundown for me so i had like the 70 year old version of her telling me now this team uh yeah i don't like their coach he wore an ugly tie but <laughs> and like and she would root for wvu of course and then like whatever team i had winning and she'd be like, "Oh, it was a heartbreaker. This team in a three at the end." <laughs> so, I now that modern technology exists in the NCAA tournament app, I you
1: don't, don't have
5: to. Yeah, she doesn't she and like there's a thousand channels, so she doesn't have yeah. to watch it. But that that that's the thing that I miss the most about the tournament is like coming home <laughs> from school with her like filling me in. My own personal
0: ESPN update. Well, it's good because you bring up the tournament and the podcast will have a bracket challenge. Yes. I hope to do better than this.
5: (laughs) It's fantasy. Oh, my God.
2: You did better than me.
0: Oh, you beat somebody in this talk.
5: So Yeah, it'll be us three um, and the errands, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. My wife will do one.
5: So you'll do two. Got
2: it. (laughs) No, she'll do it by herself. You watch. Mm -hmm. She'll win. Somehow, yeah. she'll win she did fantasy line. football by herself. Don't question it because she will come at you.
5: How are the trades in that with in the oh. Compton household? Mm. A little collusion, maybe
2: there might have been some collusion.
5: I was talking about trading from the beginning of the season, trying to get anybody, nothing, Bupkis. Then at the last like tradable week, like Com- Compton's are moving like 13 people left and right. And I'm like, what is happening? It's cool, it's cool.
2: Yeah, that
5: might have happened. All right. Last last question before you
0: kick me off the podcast. (laughs) When are you going to start golfing again, Muff? Interesting. Interesting. There may be some more chatter about this before or after, depending on where this fits in. Uh, When am I going to start golfing? Uh, You know, pretty much as soon as the weather hits about 60 regularly and I can get out there. It looked good today, but then it rained and I was very upset.
5: So I'm just saying maybe two, three more weeks.
0: I think you two need
2: to golf and uh, provide content for the show.
0: Well, I've already thought about this, that I think we need to invest in a GoPro. And it's just going to follow me around for all of my golfing endeavors.
2: I'll go. I'll caddy for both of you.
0: So if nobody knows this, well, nobody should know this, we have a YouTube channel now. I didn't know this. Well, shh, there's nothing on it yet. Okay. It
5: it's just secret exists. right I'm assuming, now. It I'm exists. assuming
0: this part's getting cut from the podcast. Oh, no. Well, this is how we know if people actually listen. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> time to start. So if you're still shh, in the game, remember Don't this, tell anybody, guys. This segment was brought to you by My Shreddies. My
2: Shreddies. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the Take of the Week.
0: Take, take, take of the week. It's, it's the Take of the Week.
2: I'm going first, and I'm mad.
0: Oh, shocking.
2: I'm so mad. Zlatan, Zohan, Ibrahimovic, running his jibs, coming in hot at LeBron James. He says, quote, do what you're good at, stay out of politics.
0: A.K.A. shut shut up up and and dribble. dribble. (laughs)
2: Listen, this whole shut up and dribble thing, is so bad and so outdated and just the opinion of close-minded sheep. Zohan, you're entitled to your opinion, except you, sir, are a freaking lightning rod. If you look up this guy's Wikipedia page, he has a whole category dedicated to controversies that goes from 2004 to to 2020, and almost all of them pertain to things outside of your freaking sport. This is the same guy who accused the Swedish media of treating him differently based on his last name and used the term undercover racism. This guy wants to come at LeBron. Now, I don't have to defend LeBron because he handled his business. He fires back and says, I would never shut up about things that are wrong. He says he was the same guy. He says about Zohan, this is the same guy who said he's the same guy he was back in Sweden, referring to the racism. Because his last name wasn't a certain last name that he felt there was some racism going on when he came out on the pitch. I speak from an educated mind, so I'm going to go – so I'm kind of the wrong guy to – actually go at because I do my homework. LeBron did his homework. He understands Zohan. Yeah, I'm calling him Zohan.
0: Jim, don't mess with the Zohan. So Zlatan, we can mess with Zlatan, but I don't know if we mess with Zohan.
2: (laughs) I don't like, it's so hypocritical for him to run his mouth like this. Anyway, LeBron's done so much for so many. His school, charities the world he donates money to all kinds of causes and he's freaking good he doesn't get suspended for games for fighting he doesn't run his mouth and cause people to hate him and his coaches to tr- send him away for a couple weeks because like the coach can't freaking stand him
1: <sighs>
2: i think baron davis summed it up the best when he said Zlatan, stay yo ass out of LA. Galaxy suck anyway, and you dumb as hell. Take that Z- that stolen Zohan look and give it back to Sandler. Now let the king speak. I don't think I need to say anymore, Zohan.
0: Uh, don't mess with the Zohan. Baron needs to learn this too. Um. My take this week. You're uh, not gonna
2: respond to mine, Muff.
0: What? You, I don't think I have anything to respond to. Do you agree? Do you disagree? i in full agreement with LeBron's clapback, and that Zlatan is uh, <sighs> venturing into an area where he has not succeeded because the political realm has not been kind to him. Not even the political realm. Just like the morality and like taking on just social topics has not been kind to him so i think he's trying to get relevant again within this area and he's taken the wrong path to make this work for him so thank you lebron LeBron, keep doing what you're doing thank you and he chuckled lebron had like visually was chuckling and audibly chuckling whenever he's he was making that statement back like he was like really this is what you're gonna do shut up so Lazat zohan
2: zlatan you know he like bullies people like he he punches people in the face and like walks away and he's kind of got a reputation for being that guy on yeah. the soccer field mm-hmm. which by the way scott we're talking about soccer you're welcome hey i want to see him walk up to lebron and do this like i want to see this clap back that LeBron just gave like mm. get him fired up. And I want to see like a face-to-face confrontation. I just want it. I want this confrontation. I know you want it. You're never going to get it, Jim. No, but man, wouldn't it be great?
0: It, it would be great. Ugh. It would be great.
2: Take your top, not soccer playing ass and get out of LA. Go ahead.
0: Thank you, Baron Davis. Um, my take or my topic for my take of the week. Um, Also has to do with some discussion within the medias. Uh, Carson Wentz, as we all know, signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz, number has been number 11 since his college playing days and through his NFL career thus far. Michael Pittman Jr., insert yourself into the conversation as the current Indianapolis Colts player that wears number 11. Pittman was a rookie last year, and apparently number 11 was not something he started wearing until last year. Neither here nor there for now. Pittman comes out hot, and this is kind of me taking you through how I saw this come through, which is not necessarily how it happened chronologically. So that's important. Um, What I saw first was Pittman coming out hot, saying that it's his number, and he's not interested in giving it up to Wentz or for Wentz. Um, And then like three days later, I find like an article that says, oh, but Carson did call me We had a conversation and he just inquired, like, hey, how often are you to the number? Pittman said, like, hey, yeah, this is something I'd like to keep. And Carson was like, Okay, I was thinking about looking for another number anyway. Apparently, it was a very respectful conversation. Pittman came out initially, it came out in the media that he was like, This is my number. Like it was like almost unprompted, like a reporter said something to him, and he's like, No, it's my number, I'm not giving it to him. Apparently this conversation did happen. Um, I don't blame Pittman for having this opinion and for wanting to keep the number. He has been an Indy for that time, albeit for one year. He is a potentially an up and coming wide receiver had a decent year last year, like 500 ish receiving yards and touchdowns, but let's not forget that Carson Wentz is the man that's going to be throwing you the ball and could potentially single-handedly move you out of the conversation as a viable offensive threat through the air. Do I think that will happen? No, I don't think so. I think Carson Wentz needs all the good people we can get around him to be successful again. In the end, though, I want to be real in this conversation. Carson Wentz is the next QB for the Colts, potentially a QB for the next three, four or five years if things go well. He's been in the league longer. His salary dwarfs Pittman's salary, and he's also the QB for an NFL franchise. If Wentz really wants this number, he will find a way to get it. So my take of the week is that I think Michael Pittman just needs to give up the number, even if Quince isn't saying it, because I think that this could have a negative impact on Michael Pittman going through the next two or three years with Carson Wentz at the helm. I don't hope that it would, but if this is already becoming an issue, I think it's time for Michael Pittman to just give up the number take a payout from Carson Wentz to get that number, which is what typically happens to this. It's like, Hey, I'll give you this much money for the number. Cool. Cool. Um, and unless Michael Pittman is like top three in Jersey sales for the Colts, it's probably not a bad idea to maybe work towards rebranding yourself anyway. So my take of the week is Michael give up the number and let's just be done with this conversation.
2: Two or three things here.
0: Two or three.
2: Got it. Yeah. It all varies on what you, what you say. What if he has a tattooed to him? Like, what if Pittman has an eleven tattooed to him? Should are we
0: he still these, give it up? Are we, are we answering these one by one?
2: Yeah, should he give it okay.
0: up? Are we assuming that there's a number eleven tattooed somewhere? Yeah. Like, should he give? Oh, it- I, I'm. I'm not, I haven't said that he should. I'm just saying I think he. I mean, I think it's the best course of action for him. If he's got the number tattooed 11 on him and that's the reason why, then stay staunch to your guns, man. But I, I just don't. What if Carson Wentz has a number ta- 11 tattooed on him? Like, I understand he's he, one he currently
2: has the, like He currently has the number 11 in his possession. And let's say he's tatted up with a number 11. He has the advantage here.
0: Because he's got something on his skin?
2: No. I'm saying, like, that's why you wouldn't give it up. Like, listen, Carson. I understand you were 11, but you're not 11 now. And I got it tattooed on me.
0: Okay. Is that possible? It's possible. Michael Pittman, this is the only year he's ever worn the number 11. And I understand I'm a professional football player. Maybe this is whenever I decide to make this my thing. But as an NFL player, you also have to realize that you could be moving to another team in two to three years and don't have sure. this option. So-,
2: so, so the fact that mike might be tattooed on is probably not a thing.
0: Yeah, I would hope. I would hope. I'm yeah. not saying it's not possible, but I would hope that you wouldn't make that move as a professional football player, knowing how quickly it could change within your career.
2: Got it. Yeah. Is it not like I understand that he is Carson Wentz and he could not pass the ball to Pittman. Yeah. But that's a detriment to Wentz as well. I understand that you think that he has that power. But this isn't Tom Brady. This is Carson Wentz. Like, I think the only person in the league who could probably wreck a career over a number is Tom Brady.
0: And even then, I guess he's got his whole TV 12 thing. So, yeah, he could wreck it. Other he, than that. Like, he would he would wreck it.
2: Yeah, Tom walked into Tampa Bay and said, my number is 12. And everybody went, yes, it is.
0: <laughs> you were correct. We don't even have a conversation.
2: Like, Other um, than that, I don't think Carson Wentz can wreck somebody's career over a number.
0: No, not comparatively and obviously he's coming from a less than ideal situation in Philadelphia. So, if Carson Wentz had done well in Philadelphia, and say he's like in a situation like Deshaun Watson right now, where or, or uh, Matt or Matthew Stafford, you know, say he got traded after having really a solid career, and he came in and was like, "Hey, I want to do this." I don't think anybody's going to tell Stafford now.
2: But if they did, he still couldn't wreck a career like Tom Brady could.
0: I uh, know. I mean, that's no. I don't think there's many people in the right. history of the NFL that could do that. So, um, third question. To, yeah.
2: How much do you think Carson Wentz would pay to be the number eleven? Like, what do you think the going rate for the jersey is in that situation?
0: Uh, I've got to think that if Pittman really wanted to hold out on it and this is like a real conversation, I got to think that they could get into the six digits. If they, if it was like a real conversation and they really want to get into it, he could would probably pay upwards of a hundred grand if it was like something he really wanted and Pittman would yeah, want to come off of it. Um, I agree. And you got to think Carson Wentz, his contracts over the years. I mean, he's, a hundred he's got a hundred million dollars in salary for him. So dropping a hundred grand to get the number if it really meant something to you, you can drop that in the bucket and be okay with it. But to <laughs> Michael Pittman, just starting out his career on the rookie contracts, a hundred grand probably means a whole lot to him when you think about the number.
2: If I'm Pittman, I'm not giving up the jersey. I'm just not and I like I tell you I would make a deal where I tell you what you give me the ball all this year you're number 11 next year but this year you and i are going to do business for this number
0: right and there are things at this and that even more so i think in the league now where you may be building a brand around the number 11 right like you don't you maybe not inked up but maybe you're building a brand around that and that's something that probably wasn't a discussion 10 15 years ago as much as it is now like I've taken a whole year to build up the Michael Pittman brand around the number 11, or maybe he has some business deals going on. I don't know. Maybe he's got the MP11, like TV 12, who knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's always possible now. And I did not seen that come up yet. Maybe that's part of the respectful conversation those two had. It was like, Hey, I've got this, this, and this going on. I've got some business dealings that have me being number 11 and Carson Wentz is like, I get it. Uh, moving on. Like, or
2: maybe it's a Make-A-Wish kid. You know what I mean? Like, I got a Make-A-Wish kid who's got bought my jersey. I don't really feel like changing because I'm working with this Make-A-Wish kid. Like, right? You know, what I mean, there's there's got to be something that that I'm not giving my jersey number up.
0: Yeah, and that's that's why I think it's weird just the way it's just come out and it's played like Pittman is the is the bad guy in this situation, like yeah. the media did initially. And I'm like, oh, but wait, they had a conversation. It was apparently a, like a respectful, positive conversation, like. There had to be something else going on there, and Pittman's is just getting the the bad end of the stick. So, I still think he should give up the number, but I don't begrudge him his opinion or his willingness to stick to yeah. his guns. And that brings us to the end of this week's show. Bump. Some quick things, Jim.
2: Yep, we got some quick things there.
0: Got some quick things here. Andy Reid's face mask from the Super Bowl going into the Hall of Fame.
2: I saw that. Good things. Good things. Hilarious.
0: Um, I I think that for the most part, aside from big, big things right now, we've exhausted the NFL for the time being. So if we've got (laughs) anybody out there that wants to bring a Homer topic, I think that's how we can continue to incorporate the NFL. Yeah. So if that's something you want to do, just let us know. And speaking of homers, Jim – so, we recorded the Homer section uh, of this
2: show a day early to make room for our special guest. Um, and I said Ohio State needed to win the game against Iowa and Illinois. Ohio State got their asses trounced by Iowa on Sunday, which is the night we recorded the second half of the show. 73 57. The game was horrible. Just wanted to give that update to, to the listeners. <laughs>
0: it's not We're not an operation that we're recording, editing, and putting out, people. Remember that. We're, we're, we're a small business. Support small businesses. Support yeah. us. Do what you got to do. Uh, speaking of that, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Sports Gym Muff. Been a little off our game recently on the Twitter. Haven't been as, as active because we are doing some things. So maybe growth and development um some maybe new sponsorship opportunities may get some promos and ad reads aside from harper and
1: And company
0: company. may get some other things going on here maybe reviewing some products in the future oh yeah we've got we've got some things on deck so um with that being said thank you again to our our guests this week we had wilk coming on at the homer and we had um Averill or Dodi coming on to learn to us something about field hockey, Jim.
2: Done learn today.
0: We got to learnt today. So um, this is another example of how you can get connected with us. And as always, if you want to connect other people to us, connect them to you, do all of those things. Jim, you know what we're going to say?
2: Is it the telefriend part? Because this is my favorite part.
0: Telefriend. Make a friend, be a friend.
5: Yes.